0: Ah, Jeffrey. What's that you have in your hand, boy? Pass it over. A telegram. Oh, dear. Seems someone has been biting me. Fetch me my trousers at once. No, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. My fighting trousers. Yeah, yeah. Dear sir, regarding your recent foray into the rap business and the scene you portray. See, I don't normally approve of war games, but he's buying is what they all say. And by Harry, they might be right. This is hip hop, not an Elvis night. Shove this professor impersonation. Let it end now. It's impertinent waiting. You seem a reasonable chap. What you need to do is rap and not parody chap. Evening Black folks. Uh as always, uh I'm Tristan. I'm back. I'm back. Uh joined with a couple of new friends. Uh my my two new my two usual cohorts, Garrett and Rob, have kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, they may be, may, may be popping up from time to time, but uh, just for the time being, we're going we're gonna to rest them. They uh, they need to be rested. So I've brought in a couple of ringers, a couple of new boys. Uh, I'm going to introduce them to you. Uh, first to my left, we have... Hi guys, I'm Al, also <laughs> also, kn- no, also known as Lockie. Really? How you going, guys? And we also have...
1: G'day guys, uh, my name's JL.
0: Otherwise known as... JD. There you go. Um, so you guys are regulars in the Melbourne bold Action scene. Uh, have been for quite some time. I mean, Jada, you've been playing bolt action for as long as I have been playing.
1: I was. I was thinking about this before. I think it's four to five years. Now. Yeah, you've it's been a doing it now.
0: Doing it longer than I have. Yeah. Um, I still equate you with the only person in the Melbourne bolt action scene who actually had the stones to run horses. So, <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you for that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, you know I've got a, you know, I've got this SS, uh, Cav Army, uh, Cav, what, Cav, you fucking, but yeah, um, so yeah, we've got the new guys, we've got Lockie and uh, JD, um, so, yeah, basically we're gonna sort of continue the bacon burgers, you know, roughly the way that it was. It's gonna still gonna be very, it's it's still really a travesty, but um, yeah, we'll sort of push on, uh, hey, everyone
2: going? knows about me, yes, don't really know much about you. So what's your history in gaming, boy? So I started playing 40k when I was probably ten years old. That was like eleven years old, like two or so three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, only a couple of years ago. Only no, I'm, so I'm 24 years. now. So it's been oh, it's actually been quite a long time. Oh dear. Um, yeah, so you know, played 40k and Lord of the Rings growing up. That's cool. Moved into Warhammer Fantasy. Elf player, um, right? Yes, yeah. dark elves. Yeah, he looks it. He does look it, doesn't he? <laughs> well, very shady, very, <laughs> <It's a> very <laughs> shifty is the word we're looking for there. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, um, yeah. So played Warhammer Fantasy Battles a lot, um, all through Eighth Edition um, and the start of what's called the Ninth Age now. Which, um, and is that when they destroyed it? I don't know much about
0: GW games. JL yep. JD's shaking his head. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I've I've I lost track uh, around yeah around the time they blew up the world. Yeah, That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a lot of people it,
2: got really upset. It was but. pretty tragic. So they did the end times, which was like which was great, like it was this big storytelling campaign kind of thing, and then they literally just killed killed the entire Warhammer Fantasy Battle world. Now, has it... And they brought the Age of Sigmar in, which is I a heard... poor excuse for a game, in, in my opinion. I've heard it's Some referred to it it as the Age but... of Stinkmar. But, um... <laughs> look my, I've only played it a couple of times when it first came out. Apparently, it's gotten much better, but I just haven't, I uh, haven't had a chance to it. I heard no back. point
0: value. It's like nothing out a point value. No, you could take was... 20 angels if you wanted
1: well, to. That, and... As I understood it, that was an interim measure when, while they were Publishing <laughs> all of the, uh, the what are they, codexes. For fantasy, I don't know what. Yeah, it's the, um, the army,
2: ar- the army books. Yeah, yeah. But it's called a codex, isn't it? Uh, the codex was the 40k term. Okay, so it's not yep. a fantasy term. No. Okay. So after, so when that happened, basically the um the community over in Europe kept the game going as like a com- community uh, community yeah, yeah, based yeah. game. Yep. And it's still running. It's it's not my thing anymore. Um, sure. I went went to Europe to play in the European Team Championships. Um, but International then I, man, in mystery. Check wow. him out. I, basi- I basically came back from that and haven't really played again. <laughs> How'd you go over there? Did you? Did you ever win? We did. We uh, it was the only year Australia's ever won the Ashes against England, which was nice. quite exciting. What are those Ashes from? Like, what did you guys burn? Uh, the, the old world. <laughs> <laughs> the old world of fantasy. Wow. This was the first year of Ninth Age. But um, <sighs> enough about fantasy. I have been playing bolt action for about three years. What are you running? I, I'm historically a Russian player. Soviets. You've been a Russian player for as long as I've known you.
0: Mm. Uh, a really unique looking army because it's like, you know, Russians in the snow. It's a kind of like a two-tone army. Yeah. Uh, it's gray and br- white. It's bit- I like it a lot. It's It's striking. Because it matches everything in your like your whole army themes together really nicely.
2: Yeah, that was kind of the the idea, just to make it look a bit different, um, and yeah, basically, so like they're all uniform in like the same kind of way, which is mm. what I was going for. Unfortunately, I did it with a with a Russian uh, summer summer army, so they're all in summer uniforms and. Recently, they've released Russians in winter uniforms. That's nice, yeah. I really wish I had uh, d- done the army with those models. Oh, dude, like,
0: seriously. I mean, I imagine everyone sitting in this room has got model regret at some stage. Shit, I wish I didn't do that.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was just looking at the uh, the new SS box and uh, some of my older, uh, not quite so nice metal casts and thinking, yep, yeah, would have been nice to had that uh, oh, five years ago.
0: Uh, well... W- w-
2: I've, I've I've got a solution for you. we will get on to that shortly. So Russians, what are you doing now? Well, I've, over the last six months, I've been painting up an Australian army. am um, using the new good Guinea looking campaign. army. Good yeah, looking army. Absolutely, I'm pretty happy with how it's turned out. I've only played one game, and that was with you, which you sadly beat me. But um, that was a near run thing. It was though, a very very close game. Um, was I running? I didn't yeah.
0: run Finns. I ran Americans, didn't I?
2: Yeah, you run the Americans at that me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, no, I just lost on the objective, but it's they' they're different very different army to the Soviets. Oh yeah um, they yeah, I don't know I'm just gonna have to play some more games with them and see if I if um, yeah how I can work them out. you can you can look at bolt action and say like a 10 point rifleman
0: a regular is the same as any other 10 point rifleman throughout the game. but it's just not true. Every new army that you play has a different set of rules that has a different set of mechanics and it just takes time. A little bit of patience and a little bit of insight to kind of realise how an army is played, and you know I've gone from Americans to Brits to Finns, so it's easy mode to easy mode to like super easy mode. I'm now back to Americans at some stage. I'll go. I don't know where I'm. I don't know what direction I'm going to go in next. My wife wants me to sell something, so we'll see what happens. You couldn't do that, surely? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. I'm actually thinking of selling my Finns. Yeah there's so many so many yeah, models no, you have. Yeah had, you, no I, I I had I had a
2: 2000 3000 points.
0: I could uh, with the vehicles I have I could quite happily field like a 5 to 6000 point army without breaking a
2: sweat. That's kind of ridiculous. No, when not. will you ever use that many models? <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing in your event. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe maybe that's what happens. Maybe all you guys just show up to my event and say oh by the way you're not playing each other you're just playing me and my f- Six thousand white Finn army, come at me,
1: bro. Well, Damon, that's why I told you to bring heavies. You he have says. more more men than Finland did to yeah. start. Oh with. yeah, oh, yeah, I do.
0: No, it's it's it's. They're a lot of fun. I I had a I had a lot of fun painting the Finns, and yeah, it's. I think there were like twenty ski troops. There's like um. There's some uh, models that Bragg gave me. There's I've got. I'm I'm not bragging, but I'm reasonably certain it's like the largest Finn army in in the southern hemisphere. It'd have to be. It's crazy. And the number of... Like, I've got like nine vehicles for the Finns. I've got like two Stugs, two BT-42s, thirty four. Probably more vehicles they had in World War II. I'm, right? fucking <laughs> <hope> <laughs> I'm so bloody lootly. Historically the B- inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> the rivet counters are going to love me. But um, yeah, so running
2: the Aussies, how are you finding them now? Um, good. Well, I'm trying to um, go mostly a regular army as well. Yeah. There's been a lot of... Um, Discussion on on the Facebook groups about you know like you know trying to say hey like let's not run full veteran armies and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm. I know you love your veteran. Ed- no, here's the no no here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> but, if you yeah. look at you
0: look at all my squads. I used to be the guy who would take like you know inexperienced mortars, inexperienced howitzers, because I'm like fuck it, then they're, they're never going to get shot at because I'm hiding behind a house. And but I'm not like that anymore. But again. I think you need to slip a couple of vets in there just to make. Oh them, yeah, you, you definitely know, need, you need some vets. It's you
1: definitely the, the the backbone. But yeah. I think that uh, you
0: need the you need the meat and potatoes there as yeah, well. You need yeah. the, the, the 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 my my regulars. We'll get into this in depth a bit later. But my regulars are generally like eight between seven and ten men. There's a lot of rifles. There's a light machine gun, and they're the squad that just sits back on an objective and goes, "Fuck you, come to me. Mm-hmm. You want to pin me out? No worries. I'll I'll just rally them off." But my my vets, they're going to be loaded up with assault weapons, and I'm sending them up the board at you, and that's the way that I do it. Yeah, so, for sure. This whole thing where we you know like people are trying to get away from vets, yeah, I get it. But yeah, I think they have a place.
2: Oh, they absolutely needed a place. Um, I don't think. Yeah, it's probably it's it, get, it does get boring though when you see every army running all, all vets. Oh no, I'm hearing you. You go yeah, to an event. Sure.
0: Oh yeah, what do you got? Oh okay, it's you don't have a lot. It's all veteran. It's everything's mm-hmm. veteran in it. Yeah, cool. And except
1: mortars funnily <laughs> enough <laughs> those
0: inexperienced
1: but, it does, but I mean it does fit sitting around playing Asta.
2: veteran armies do fit I guess when it's like full late war kind of thing but I think I'm going to go more 1930 uh, sorry 1943 44 army just after sure. the um, the Australians in New Guinea have yep. um, reor- reorganised their army into the jungle divisions i yep. will yep. keep most of the jungle divisions will be uh, like the jungle division units will be regular, and I'll probably have a commando unit or two. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, so you're running the Australians at the moment.
0: We'll get into lists in a little bit. Yeah. Any thoughts about what direction you might go in
2: next? Um, I, well, i thought about running like building a Vichy French force in Syria. But oh
0: what well, like gooms goomiers and shit like that yeah yeah like, Brian, Brian Cook's your man yeah I like know he, he's, he's, oh. he's he's painted
2: a really lovely army um, like he's that painted so. a I lot mean he's really painted lovely a army, lot of like everything like you've seen the <laughs> Russians the, recently w- Brian if you're listening
0: I love you fuck you but oh my god how does, just,
2: f- how does that man find the time he's got a kid I've got a kid I can't I haven't got the time to do that exactly I mean you know
0: the thing is I have time but I don't have the time to do that. Like what he does, he seems to do in like an afternoon. Oh, hey guys, I've just did 10 blokes. I'm like,
3: oh, that's yeah,
1: like- this is not just a three color and a wash. washer. Yeah. This, is, this is a thing of beauty. This that-
0: like is like, is he? have you done eyelashes? Has he got eyelashes? It's craziness. But Brian's work is incredible. I mean, it's a, it's, it's in my opinion, Brian's work in Australia is the gold standard. If you want to go, if, if you, I mean, my, my focus has shifted when it comes to events. I don't, really give two shits about winning an event i honestly don't like if i can go along my main focus in events now is to win the painting award um, so, so
2: go to the events that brian's not at well,
0: that's kind of what you got to do <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of what you need to do um yeah if you go to if, if you want to if you want to test your medal if you think that you're good at painting and there is a lot of yeah and there is a lot of good painters out there don't get me wrong i mean like, i mean JD, you won a painting award last year. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. It was a uh, well won as well. This was a good army. Really, really good.
1: Well, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a, in a, in a sec. Uh, what, yeah. what I was just fishing out there was the uh, Mig Jimenez Mig FAQ book as we started talking about uh, painting. And th- this this thing is just the the absolute beast. It's so uh, the duck's nuts. I keep it on my, my desk pretty much at all, all times. Um, incredible piece of work
0: we'll get on to that yeah um, but yeah it's I think that with if, if you're going to test your metal and you want to roll a lot to an event and like like I said I mean there's guys like uh, uh, Chris Marconis for example is a really good painter um, I think he was the guy who did the SS Army uh, you know the, his display boards always they're really macabre I know it's not everyone's particular brand of vodka but I I really like them I think they're, they're very themy they tell a story Um. Uh, he's going to kill me. Uh, the name escapes him at the moment, but there's a gentleman in Sydney. Uh, he does a Gerbetsjaga list. Um, you know, Mountain Division. They're fucking great. I mean, Patch's stuff is always stand out. Um, I tend to... I think I... My painting style is more in line with patches. It's a little bit more cartoony, whereas Brian's looks real. You it just you look at it you're like, fuck, that's real. But... Yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. I think that if you, I think the painting award is where it's at because that's, that yeah,
2: and that's what I like most about the uh, the bolt action scene. To be honest, is because like a, a lot of people put a lot of effort into their armies. Sorry about the
0: tangent. I can't want a tangent. No, tangent. good. No, <laughs> cool. Like
2: so, like you know, talking before about you know forty k or fantasy or you know other gaming systems, like people. You know, would we'll be playing half the time with unpainted armies, and like you know, they'll be I playing that. with that same I, unpainted I army hate that. for years. With such and a and passion. It's, oh, it's awful, <laughs> isn't it?
0: If like if, uh, CanCon, shit like that. If I go for a wander and I see unpainted armies, I literally i I kind of want to go and slap them and say, "What the seriously? Like you can't even be fucked priming it. It's not even primed." Like
3: it. At uh,
1: at at my former uh, gaming club. If I had seen an unpainted army being used for maybe more than three months and not yeah, really making nah. any pro- progress, I would often volunteer. Just give it to me for a couple of weeks. I'll get it up to tabletop, yeah. and then you can build on that. Sure, but we sure. shouldn't be seeing this week in week out. No,
0: absolutely not. I, I when I first started out, I bought my airborne army, and yeah, you know, for a little while, I was you know trying to figure out how to paint the fucking thing. Um, it did stay unpainted for a little while because it's a daunting task. But if you're if you've got a couple of armies under your belt, for fuck's sake, sit down, get your brushes out, and get some colours on it. It's not that hard. Like I I, I don't think I can't remember a bolt action event where somebody rocked up with an unpainted army because I'm pretty sure they would just be told to leave.
1: Never never seen. And it. Not in a snobby never way,
0: but you're you're shortchanging your opponent. Yeah,
1: you know, that that may also be that uh, part of. Certainly coming from the 40k side of things, um, painting score was always a big part of how you finished at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be allowed through the door without at least a certain amount, but one third of your final score came from um, it was, independent judges coming around and saying, has this got the bee's knees or is it just wait. basic? So with that, that was an issue as well, though, because it was almost
2: always like a bit of a boys' club where people, you know, like would put up their mates in terms oh, of painting, no painting prizes, that kind of thing. So, so it's just like for so the for like uh, should into be this? should be a yes or no question. Are you, you know, are you painted or not? Here, tick. Here's the points. Yeah, they, they did you.
1: get a tick system towards the end, and, and um, particularly so. Arcanacon runs. It may have just been this last weekend. Um, the last few years that I was involved in that, and I, I had my veteran status through ARC, which was, I think, five consecutive years or whatnot. Eventually, they, they did figure that out to the point where it was a checkbox system, and then you started loading on the, uh, the cool shit on top of that. So I like it was that. Things like, did you have freehand banners? Did you have... Interesting color effects, things that you you wouldn't see on a rush job to to get it onto the table. Yeah,
0: I um, yeah, I I don't know. It's, I I think that's something that kind of grinds on me a little bit is because I tend to put a bit of work into my painting when I sit down and actually put my figures on a table, and if, especially if I've driven eight plus hours to get to an event, I've flown to an event. You know, I've i I put the effort in. I don't then want to go and put my soldiers down and look across the table and think, well, that guy couldn't be fucked.
2: Yeah, but saying that though as well, we don't, we definitely don't want to discourage new players who don't have a painted army no, that's not from what I'm coming saying. in. That's yeah, I'm yeah absolutely. That's just, not what just, I'm saying yeah, at all. I, 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 No, you're not. Yeah. I just just want to make that clear to new players who who are looking at coming to events. Yeah, but if you come um, to three events in a row... And there's no and progress. There's no made. progress. That, that, that's a problem. Uh, come that, on, you know, yeah, but you know, if you're making an effort and like it doesn't matter if you have an unpainted army, if you're making that effort for sure, absolutely, make that clear, absolutely. Yeah, sure.
0: Sure. And there's plenty of people within the Melbourne scene. I know mean, I can speak for the Melbourne scene because I know you know a fair few of the boys in it. If you need help, stick your hand up. Shit, I mean, I, I, I've I lost count of the number of armies that I've painted for people. I'm not saying
2: I'm gonna paint armies for people, I don't really do that. a <laughs> fuck that, but.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm.
2: I, I think. That, or, we, or we can just lend you an army. There's plenty, plenty okay. of armies we have. Shit, to lend. Got a, I've got a, I've got
0: an Australian army sitting there waiting to be lent out. I've got you know Finns. I've got Brits. I've got a really nice American army at the moment. So yeah, how about it? Um. All right, JD. All
1: right. Well, on the topic of painting, um, I, un, unusually, maybe for a war gamer, um, I started off painting was the entire thing. Um, I was very into uh, 135 scale models when I was a uh, youngish teenager before I even really knew that uh, wargaming was was a thing beyond looking at uh, Donald Featherston's sort of um, 1970s books that <laughs> were, um, I mean they, they were a step in the in the direction but uh, it was things like uh, the Verlinden um, books coming out in the in the late 80 mid to late 80s that were uh, a real kick in the ass about, well, you could do this with the, the limited uh, tools that they, they had available back then. Um, eventually, I sort of stumbled my way into uh, Warhammer 40K. Um,
0: See, uh, before you go on, I, you're a little bit older than I am, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just a fraction. You're not hell.
0: Lo- I'm not used to this. I'm used to being the old guy, and people give me shit about being, hey, look, it's you'll fall asleep in a minute like, it's, <laughs> but i mean i the, the you've always struck me as being like a kind of you know like i could see you back in the day in the 80s you know rocking the you know the steve jackson ian livingston choose your own adventure books sort of oh yeah that, absolutely that sort of, those that books stuff. are fucking that's my jam yo like yeah. fucking i love that stuff um do you know, the, but yeah it's please continue it's just i wanted to sort of get that out there it's like it's the funny thing is, we got like it's almost like we it's not quite three generations, but it's you got three different people coming from f- three diff- very different backgrounds.
1: Yeah, so um, that uh, certainly the the inf- crossover influence of um, uh, that was the time that GW had its um, crossover with uh, brief flirtation with Bolt Thrower and uh, Sabat heavy heavy metal. Stuff uh, when they were talking about. I don't about know what he's talking about. Heavy metal what? as music. Oh, heavy metal. Oh, yeah, right, okay. Heavy yeah, metal yeah. as in as in painting. Um yep. You know, it, it all just just uh, flowed together. But I I would literally go down to the arm uh, gun down to the library, and they had the osprey. Did books you there. hang
0: on? Hang on. Did you say I used to go down to the gun store? Because that's kind of what I thought I heard for a second there.
1: The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the not quite gun store. The not quite gun store. <laughs> no, no, no. No, so I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, New Zealand and there wasn't really a whole lot going on. Are you a Kiwi? No, I just lived there for a long time. Okay, cool. All yeah. right. Um, but they had the Osprey books, uh, sure. the, the earlier it- iterations uh, thereof. Um, really fascinated with that. Um, and so I started building uh, very old school Tamir and um, Italeri 135 kits. Seriously,
0: man, I'm down with the Tamiya kits. I'm. We're gonna get into that a bit later, but fuck me, they're
1: well, great. Well, I, I just, I just recently finished building up a kit that's older than I am, um, marginally, but it's from the the early '70s. Was I'm, it made I'm of from wood? The late '70s. Uh, it's the Panzer II, um, and it, it is a beautiful kit. What it's, scale? Uh, 135.
0: Okay, all right. Slightly too big for BA, yeah, unfortunately. Too, too
1: big for BA. But, um, so I, I've come back to building 135 kits. Uh, yeah, you can see the tiger up yeah, there I on saw. top of the speaker. I that
2: look really good up uh, on a bolt action board. Just, just yep. saying, you're never going to get cover, but it's fine. <laughs> it's <gonna laughs> be Even behind <like> a building. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can see, it's it. Like a, I can a, see it.
1: It's there. 40K Baneblade sort yeah. of size on the, on the board. But that thing had something like 500 pieces in it. Whereas the... Uh, 1970s Tamiya kit has about the same piece piece count as a modern Rubicon kit but it's still nice. You know. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Um, and so the, the foundation of, of, of that stuff is that the kit doesn't need to be complex because it's the painting that you're showing off. Word.
0: I built a 135 Elephant for my dad. Dad's a man, like my old man. Is an absolutely crazy World of Tanks player. He is. He's on there most nights. Grinds hard on his on his on his on his vehicles. He's currently doing Russian artillery pieces. He's gotten the way he's gone all the way through to the Conqueror gun carriage. He just he loves all of them. Loves his Matilda. He's got his SU 100Y. If you ever see a guy on World of Tanks called Dust Cleaner, that's my old man. If he shoots you, <laughs> you you're one of the. You, you'll you, know, you, about it. you'll on, know about. Hang on.
2: Is this the iPhone game?
0: No, no, no it's World a PC. Tanks? What?
2: Really? I've never, never heard of it.
0: You've heard of World of Tanks, haven't you, JD? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You don't convince me. Well, I, I, um, was,
1: I was a red, red orchestra was my, my jam. But, right. Uh, sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a free downloadable game, and it's like every tank in history, and you just go and tier one is like World War One style stuff, and then you work your way all the way through up, and there's just about, and like tier ten is like the highest tier you can get, and that stuff like. Um, Oh, like the uh, King I don't think King Tiger's a tier 10, but it's all like just this ex- heavy, weird experimental shit. Sure. Uh, it's incredible. It no, do, man, because it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, very, very technical. i play with your dad. Just play <laughs> with my dad. The mouse. The mouse is a tier 10 tank. Dad's got that, and that's hilarious. You take that out, and it's just like, it's just like you just get shot to shit. It's like, that was great. Well done, Dad.
3: But yeah, uh, yeah
0: so well, sorry, with the, 135
1: with Elephant. I did one, of them 135 20. stuff. So I, I was pulling out the Mig um, Jimenez uh, book, for it. Which, which is just amazing. Um, so I, I, I come at things really more from a modelling perspective than a list building thing. I certainly enjoy the game, the mechanics of the game, but uh, my, my real focus is painting. Um, that's what I love. Um, so right I, I came you. to... Bolt action after a certain period of, uh, I guess, disenchantment with with 40k. uh, Around the end of 5th edition, um, I enjoyed 5th edition a lot, but it was certainly on its way out. By the end of that, 6th and 7th was a disaster, and I stopped enjoying playing with the people that I was playing with because the attempt was always math hammer it, break the meta... um, find find a way to put as much shit in there uh, that will spoil your opponent's day. Um, I, I vividly remember uh, coming back from a tournament in Geelong, I think it was, and having a conversation on the way back saying, I just want to play a game where a rifle is a rifle and it's not a magic space rifle, where if you have this particular guy and this particular spell, that it suddenly does twice as much damage, if the moon is full and you've eaten a Cheerios certain magic breakfast. mushroom yeah, or whatever. The the, the thing is, so um, I certainly enjoy enjoy the game in that respect that it's uh, you know has that historical footing, um, and it's just easy to easy to pick up, but very hard to master.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's, I'm, um, yeah, I mean, you hear that a lot is bolt action. It's easy to pick up, it, you know, ages to kind of get your head around it. And then, but I mean, I, I guess that we're kind of lucky in the sense that we do get a lot of, I mean, I'm sitting here with two 40K cast offs. And it's like you guys haven't, and I'm, maybe I'm paraphrasing here. You got to remember, guys, I, I haven't played 40K. I, I know people who do. I'm in and around the community a little bit. And, from what I see of the community, it's, I don't particularly like what I see. Um, and the things that I hear as well kind of don't make me want to go jump out and, you know, go and buy an army and paint it up and go and get my ass handed to me. But I guess the, what I'm trying to drive at is that we have this community in Bolt Action and in, you know, the, the, the VBAL, which is the Victorian Bolt Action League, where you guys have come across but you haven't bought that Math Hammer you know, fuck the meta, break the game attitude with you, and it's really nice because Bolt Action is a game that can be broken.
2: I don't like. I don't feel it's that kind of game. I play Bolt Action for like you know just to roll some dice. You know, be Have a bit historical. Yeah. I mean, I play X Wing and I, <laughs> I historical. Like <laughs> you and I <laughs> play. Was it
0: Russians and Finns in the desert?
2: <laughs> was that? Yeah, well, that's about as historical as you can get, right? But, no, but like I play game, I still play games like X Wing, which is like super, he- like heavy meta de- dependent kind of thing. Like, but that's okay. You know, some people play, for example, still play X Wing who don't want to do that. It's all about the community that sure. you're kind of mm. that you're part of, and because the bold action community is quite small, where it's a lot easier to control. Whereas a community like forty I I think controls
0: the wrong word. I don't like the word control. It's, it's monitor. Bit- <laughs> Not even mitigate. monitor, mitigate. It's, maybe no, you can no kick out are you're not controlling easily. them. You it's. I think that what you have is you have community leaders who are very, very good in. It's like a rudder on a ship. Is you don't control, but you just steer. And there are so many ways to break bolt action. I mean, you could literally break the game. With a couple of lists. I and think just one jump of, one of the
1: me. the great advantages that we we have in bolt action is that the units are not. Proprietary and copyrighted. So there's not that continual oh, effort yeah. to change the um, unit statistics in a quest to sell more units. Yeah. So, new edition comes out, that unit that everybody bought last edition, they want to nerf that, bump up another one to continue the sales yeah. flow. So, when the, there are multiple. Um, God, there are any number of twenty-eight millimetre World War Two providers, and and Warlord to their credit have been been very good about um, not enforcing that uh, use our stuff or don't don't play our game.
0: Yeah, I I I think that would be a death knell for them. That'd be a nail in the coffin um, because there are so many. I mean, you look at what Rubicon are a perfect example. Um, I prefer Rubicon tanks to Warlord tanks. Now, that's not, that's not to say that Warlord tanks aren't good. I think they're great. Um, things like their Greyhound, their plastic, uh, the Warlord Atalari plastic Greyhound is a great kit. Like, pff, love that. But Rubicon are just doing it better at the moment. And that's fine. Everything's you know, swings and roundabouts and everything. But I think that if Warlord came down and started, you know, getting on their high horse about it, I mean, for one thing, you can't. It's World War II it's you're kind of you you know if you want to go and play k47 no worries at all you know maybe you can be a little bit like that but yeah you can't sort of what am i trying to say here i'm well, just I, I think that the, you, know, the you hear what i'm saying right
1: we're getting there getting out there is that uh you can't use the game system to drive sales in the same way absolutely and, and that that's a real saving grace um, for for both the system and the community
2: yeah well the, the, the thing is I mean like how could they ever enforce models though like because like they don't support events I mean like you know I mean they might send some prize su- pro- some prize support or something but they don't have a well, they don't well, have a um, yeah, no it, they don't have a players pack kind of you know uh, an organized play kind of pack like yeah. and, you know, and, and what like they risk what they do, risk
1: or, happening very easily is that yeah. everybody jumps ship to chain of command or and Another system. There is no shortage Ugh. of chain of command. Well, the, what, hypothetically, what, yeah, whatever it might be, something else would would come into that. Fill the void. Void.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's I, yeah. it's difficult. The the pain in the ass is that geographically Australia were a long way away from the UK, and if you were a player who was uh, throwing dice in Nottingham, you would have a very different opinion of what Warlord provide for you and what they don't. Um, again the same thing is uh, it, the same thing holds true in America because you have warlord games America as far as I know we don't have warlord games Australia now if we do ever get that then things might change they the, were, they were rec- and I'm not recruiting saying warlord don't, something yeah well I, I think point. there was like a like a sergeants program or something yeah. or there was something weird going on um, that, they
1: were recruiting sales reps at, at one point so oh, yeah. I
0: was yeah, every, everyone was like talking behind everyone's back and it was it all got really silly but Yeah, it's one of those things where I think that with Warlord, and I've got a lot of love for Warlord because they do provide us with a good game. It is flawed, but it is a good game. Um, that you know, it's it. We kind of owe it to them to just sort of you know, like I'll buy their models when, if and when I need to. I mean, shit, I'm buying a new army, you know, about once every six months.
2: Uh, I don't think they have a problem moving models because the way that they've been doing in terms of releasing campaign books, like every time they release a campaign book, you're like, oh, great, I I want to. Build a new army and like you know, theme it around you know X theater or X campaign that kind of thing. You it's know? getting
0: really specific for people. I'm finding that a lot. Like Which it is used great. to. Oh
2: yeah, it used to be I'm going to run
0: Russians, and now it's going to be like I'm going to be running Russians from 1943, and now it's going to be I'm going to be running Russians from this specific engagement, and now it's getting down to I'm going to run this particular group of guys and this is exactly what they have. And
1: which, which is viable because the buy-in cost is not exorbitant and you it's don't really feel not. like you're being gouged when no. when you do that.
0: I was... Um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. You can pick up a box of plastic soldiers for what, 50, 60 bucks? That's that's you in the door. You buy a tank for 50 bucks? That's it. Mm-hmm. Put it together, give it three colours, you, you're playing. You're rolling dice. Um, c- before we go any further plastic or metal what do you prefer
2: uh, well my Australian army was metal and I really loved that um, so, 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 what so preference pro- probably metal for, for bold action alright metal or plastic
1: uh, recent plastics uh, the SS box is just a thing of beauty that, that is the best So, are you, are you saying
0: head? you prefer plastic to metal
1: generally speaking no
0: ok no. alright thank god alright I'm, I'm going to continue with this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I was going to kick the fuck of the two of you off. Down. Yeah, yeah. It was going to stomp yous out. Yeah. Um, so, look, we've got a lot of good stuff coming out from Warlord. Uh, you know, they're always releasing good stuff. I had some issues, some minor issues with the uh, the Airborne that came out. Um, I'm not entirely certain why they released the Airborne with a pistol grip bar. That was only released to the uh, US Prison Service.
2: Oh, I have the same problem with um, the Australian Jungle Division squad. So, Gone. the... Ca- so the- uh, it's not a good visual medium, of course, but if you look at the 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 NCO with the, the way he's holding his machine gun, the the, or stock, the Owens. Pardon the Owens gun. I, I don't know. Don't know is which one the SMG one with the magazine. That's the magazine that goes feeds in from the top. Uh, it comes out the side. But the problem with it is that the stock is he's he's, hold, he's holding the SMG up, and the stock is coming like on the other side of his arm. And oh, it just, I hate that. Looks re- like it looks good from the front, from but from the back it looks like it's just so unnatural. You, you would never hold an SMG What's like that. It? Oh yeah, it's, be- it's behind. It's his. It's behind his arm, and it's yeah, just it looks ridiculous weird. from behind. So it's like those little things sometimes that Warlord yeah. get doesn't get quite right. And this is and this but, is what I was leading into. They've
1: come into. so so much further than the the days when every figure looked like kind of Tom Waits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Or be baseball <laughs> glove hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's certainly improved.
0: I'm, I guess what I'm kind of driving at is like Warlords going through this thing at the moment where they seem to be phasing out their metals in favor of plastics. Please don't do that. Metals are better to paint. Metals look better. They feel better in your hand. Um, my first army, my American Airborne, uh, is a full metal army. I supplemented it when I saw the Airborne, the plastic Airborne came out. I thought, brilliant, no worries, going to collect those guys. I got them, put them together, and I was literally looking at them like, this is what, please, it, it really. It depends
2: though, because would you really want to paint an entire inexperienced Soviet infantry army? Like, probably not. Yeah. Like, if it so, if, if so, was all, sorry, if it was all metal. Three colours.
0: <laughs> three colours. That's, 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 that's khaki, khaki, Russian green, and flesh. It'd also flesh. be
2: hella expensive to buy. <laughs> well, if you want to be the kind of douchebag that runs an extended experienced army, go for it. Do we know if Patch's army was metal or plastic? Well, the French. The, the, the inexperienced metal. French. Metal, 100%. 100%. It? Patch hates plastic. There's a lot of inexperienced French dudes. Yeah, Patch. It must hates get a
1: short, plastic. sore shoulder carrying that much metal around. Oh, yeah. Have here. you seen
0: his arms or little tree trunks? He said that's why he's got three children. They just, like, yep. they literally have this little litter and they carry his arm here <laughs> around. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's it's got to be metal. It's got to be. I bang on about this a lot, but I I just love metal. It it lends itself better to being painted. Um, boys, I'm gonna be cooked. What do you reckon? We hit a break and come back. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck All yeah! Right. All right, we will be back after this.
2: And welcome back to the bacon burgers. We're going to be uh, talking in this section um, about the upcoming V Bell event, which our man Tristan is running this weekend. It's operation heavy.
0: We've all come off Christmas. We've all got a couple of extra pounds. So I thought, why not roll heavy tanks? <laughs> <laughs> that was really the thought. Um, so coming out of Christmas, I was like, I spoke to you. Uh, basically, what's happened with V Bell is we're going to try. Now, I emphasis on the word try, guys. Anyone listening in Melbourne, try. Okay, remember that three letter, the three letter word we are going to try and run six events this year. Now, I think I'm going to run two, Lockie's going to run two, and we're also going to going to handball two off to Lee Avery. Um, the idea is that, you know, we want to sort of run more bolt action. We want to have more fun. Having one event like every, what, three? Every three months?
1: Four? Quarterly, yeah, three months. Yeah
0: it's, yeah, it's a bit long. You know, I kind of want people to playing a little bit more frequently and, you know, hopefully maybe... Chris will speed up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Chris. I love you, mate. I love you. Um, So I came. We came out of Christmas, and I was like, "All right, I've got to come up with a decent theme." And I just started playing with this idea of like, "What if I gave them like a one thousand point army, and they gave them like three hundred points to play with with tanks?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe I'd see more tigers. Maybe I'd see stuff that I haven't seen before." So I was like, "Screw it, we'll do that. Thirteen hundred points." And there was, you were encouraged to take an armor ten plus tank. Now. I think there's only two lists that don't have an Armour 10 plus tank. Now, granted, two other lists took Panthers, which is technically a medium tank, but it's Armour 10 on the front. So we'll let that slide.
1: Uh, I, I argued quite strenuously about that. <laughs> you so didn't have to argue that hard. Well, you know, but <laughs> my initial thought was to, to run the Panzer Brigade 150 yep. list out of the Battle of the Bulge book. But I also came around to the thinking that's a funny list anyway yeah. and if we, we're we wanting to open this up to, we've had some interest from some first time players Um, that's not a list you want to see in your first event, nah, it's, it's nah, just this... weird, it does weird things yeah. Um, so I, yeah I bought the tiger the other thinking being I've got a tiger and I've never actually put it on the tabletop really? Yeah, it was, it was something Didn't I...
0: You, I played against you at the Brad's Tank Wars event. Didn't you run it then? No, that,
1: no. Was, a a was. Yeah. that was a Panther and a bunch of Stooks. It um, was a Panther and a bunch of Stooks. I did have... And we're going to go back to this a bit later on. Um, I had a 148, actually a couple of them, um, which were dreadful 1970s Academy Minicraft models, uh, which I offloaded to, to somebody else. Poor um, bastard. <laughs> yep, yeah, but uh, in one of our one of our events, I, I won a tiger, I think. So I I thought, all right, this needs to be christened Do and uh, bought out.
0: So the list that I'm mainly seeing, I'm seeing a lot of tigers. I've seen a
2: how many players have we got first? We We've
0: got thirteen players with myself. It makes fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so out of the fourteen, there are three people not taking an armor ten plus tank. One of them. One of them is myself.
2: Um, who? Who? Yeah. Who isn't taking an armor ten? Yep. Yeah. How many? Is there a good variety of nations that we're seeing?
0: Kind of, I'm uh, seeing. It's my first
2: f- impressions to a to a 10 plus event, well, uh, you know, an event that uh, Deutschland, know, Deutschland, yes, Deutschland lots of lots of Germans, but also like There's a lot of tigers. It, it certainly hurts minor minor armies as well or minor nations. Yeah, um, not hurts them, but it, like it excludes them a little bit because like. We
0: are fortunate in the Melbourne scene that we don't seem to have a high prevalence of minor nations at this stage. And those people who do have minor nations also have other armies that they can bring for an event like this. I think that
1: the trajectory is that a lot of people will start with a major nation and the the minor minor nations are a bit of an acquired taste that you get onto a little bit later on. So a lot of people will have... um, yeah, one, one of the big four. Yeah, one of the four big main. four. They can yeah. they can bring something. Yeah,
0: that's 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 essentially how I how I kind of
2: envisioned it.
0: So Lockheed's bringing the Russians. He's bringing a kb two. That's going to be hilarious.
2: Yeah, I was uh, pretty stoked when I found out it had a heavy heavy howitzer on it. I've that's never, never nice. used one of them before, but it seems pretty yeah. good. Um, I think Pedro. <laughs> is... I got a bit got a bit of hate for the list I posted up. I think.
0: Nah, I think Brad was a bit like, whoa! But I mean, look, I. Out of all the lists, I think Brad's is definitely the most interesting. Um, Brad's taking an auto Sahariana list. Uh, It's a lot of soft-skinned vehicles, some veterans... Um, he's it's he's a very sexy army. It he's is. It po- looks great. great. A lot of pho- and he's, up. Brad's convinced that it's going to get absolutely demolished. I don't believe it. I no, think I, it'll I be, don't
2: think so either. No, um, he's a cagey player. Of he knows. Out there. Yeah, exactly right. Turns out auto cannons are pretty good when they're on fast vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are they um, all recce? Uh, I couldn't tell you.
0: At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's version two recce, so it's not. If it was version 1 recce, this would be a list where I would have maybe raised an eyebrow. But Brad's also taking an Air Observer and some other stuff. It's I've got no issues with the list. Uh, it's fun and it's interesting, and I can't wait to see what he does with it.
2: that would be cool. Mm. What, what are you running, uh, JD?
1: Well, um, I'm running the uh, the Tiger, as I mentioned, but uh, that's being backed up by fully tooled up um, SS Assault Engineers, SMGs, Flamethrower in a truck. Uh, Two... Large units of uh, um air, air observer, um, and I'm seeing a lot of air observers. Well, it it seems like a, a given. You kind of the, need that them that to take on the, 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 the ten, the ten plus. Yeah, hell, yeah. hell yeah, you do.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Nebelwerfer and a uh, medium mortar.
0: Oh, right. The Neb. I forgot you took the Neb. Yeah. So
1: I'm I'm thinking that the the Neb may. I don't think I'm necessarily going to hit much, but. Using it to fire a lot of smoke to stop my heavy tank nah, getting look, hit. dude, I,
0: I think that I think the neb is I've always looked at multiple launches as giving you a psychological advantage. They don't yield a lot of great results. You might get a couple of hits over the course of the day and they'll be good hits. They'll be like, Yeah, oh, brilliant, that's perfect. But you're gonna be needing a six, needing a six, mm-hmm. needing a six, needing and it's just gonna fail. Yep.
1: But it it that, that as you say, that psychological advantage works. With terrain in a particular way, that, Word. Uh, it will it will prevent you from, or at least make you think twice about bunching up all of your guys in yep. the cover.
3: Well,
0: yeah, and, uh, like templates have kind of stopped that anyway. Uh, it's I know that I play differently now that we have templates in the game. My models are spread out. I don't tend to you run my units close to each other. Um, you know, whenever I can, I kind of give myself the best possible chance of, you know, maybe, you know, living to see another day, as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely in this event there are quite a few air observers. I think, uh, I think, I know Brad's taken one. Uh, my brother Rob, um, luckily, Rob submitted a list which had um, it was like just some veteran, uh, veteran troops, some regs, it was a bit of this, bit of that. Um, he has taken a heavy howitzer, the long Tom, which mm-hmm. luckily I have the model. I have the Mad Bob, Mad Bob miniatures, by the way, guys. If you get onto that one, because that's just... Uh, it's, it was such a, such a fun model. And literally all you need is like four American sprue plastic soldiers and you can kind of make, make some magic happen. So he's taken that and he's also taken an M26 Pershing. So mm. luckily that arrived from Warlord at my house this morning. I now have four days to paint it up. So you better believe I'm going to be going home tonight. Priming
1: it, you'll be
0: fine. I know. Yeah, it's just no. But I've still got terrain that I've got to build for the weekend. It's fucked. It's just stressing well, me. The, out. the
1: original version of that that list that I I had taken had the Itzatz um, M10 backed up. I by love an, that an tank. 88 millimeter. Um, Do it. The more that I look at the the lists that we're 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 looking at here, particularly the one with the Tiger and the King Tiger.
0: We're going to talk about that. That's um, Jack Norman.
1: I sort of wish I I had found a way to uh, squeeze the 88 in there <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I had a I had Jack uh, Jack Norman's one of our players from Geelong and look big up to the guys who come from Geelong guys like Kingsley Muir and Jack uh, you know that they, they, they come to our events from time to time and Anthony Perkins as well it's great to see those guys on board but Jack contacted me and said listen I'd like to submit a list and I said yeah email it through he's like no but I want to talk to you about it first I'm like yeah go for it and he's like oh, I'm one point over and I'm like oh okay thinking to myself immediately you know i'm pretty sure you can drop a submachine gun somewhere or something like that i said all right mate what's in the list talk to me and he's like all right so i've got a veteran king tiger and i'm like take it take your point it's all good i don't care what else is in the list you can have it
2: how many points is a king tiger
0: a uh, veteran king tiger you're looking at 666 points no the beast but, yeah but it is low fuel and i don't know how i think it's i don't know how he's done it but he's actually got it down to 600 but 600 points, that's nearly half of
2: your army in one tank. I'm that like, you know what? so Sonic. many points. Why is it that many?
0: Oh, and then he's also taking a regular Tiger I. Like a,
2: a
1: veteran King Tiger and a Reg Tiger I. And that's it. And they are both got low fuel. And So the, the question that that raises about how it will play on the, the tabletop. So he's got to have two platoons there. Um, they he's are, got... What is Voxfinn it is? Volks, Volkssturm. Sturm, I'm even. pretty sure they're okay. inexperienced
0: they're like I think eight men there's four eight man squads mm-hmm. two inexperienced first or second left lieutenants and two
1: tanks 1300 points he's got eight dice so with with a low fuel uh King Tiger yep. like that the way that the I've often observed that the um, the game will play out is um, ignore the ignore the big tanks though your infantry is going to win the game for you whether he will have enough infantry to screen those from assault engineers with Panzerfausts, or, or oh, undoubtedly that he nasty won't. stuff getting up close yeah. to him.
2: I, I, am going to go out on a limb here and say he won't win a game. But prove me wrong. Who knows? A, a bolt action might happen. He may hit every single
0: one of his one of his targets. He may roll through an opponent and just absolutely poleaxe them. But. Who knows? It's such a it's it's. I'm not going to say it's a unique list because I imagine somebody out there has done this before. But a, a vet king tiger and a reg tiger. See, if it were me, I would have dropped the king tiger down to regular, and I would have taken something. I would have up my dice count a bit more, I'd taken another two squads of infantry. But that's just me, and it's it's it is so much because it's an armor eleven with a plus seven gun.
2: Armor eleven
0: armor is 11. that why? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> at least still oh, in oh. your face. Is it armor eleven?
1: You're not gonna do much shooting it from range, I don't, no. even with other eighty eights, you know. It's got an eighty four
0: inch range. There is nowhere on the board you are gonna be safe from this thing. And if it runs out of fuel, brilliant. It's now like it's basically like a flak eighty eight. It's an armored flak eighty eight.
2: I'm just gonna run at it with my Panzerfaust team. Well dude, I think I think
0: I, I think I think the K V two, just try and pin it. Pin the living shit out of it. You're a heavy Howard, so you're going to do, I think, what's heavy Howard? It's a D6 pins? Yeah. Yeah,
1: but what's lots its penetration? Lots. Doesn't Plus matter. Pins. Pin, it, pins. pin it till it stops shooting. But you, you
2: can't pin it because you can't hurt it.
1: Yeah, if you hit it, you pin it. Not if you can't hurt it. Is that true? I'm pretty well, sure. If, if it's veteran, yes, you you have to actually be able to damage it. Oh my th- God,
0: no, you're fucked.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> guess who you're playing first up? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, i have no. Flame no. I've, gr- I've grudged Chris flame oh throwers. that's right you're playing yeah you're playing you're playing the pecker. but also yeah I've got three of faust and a flamethrower I think I, I, I'll i be fine
0: well Chris is the other player who's not taking an Armour 10 tank so Chris is not in possession of an Armour 10 tank so he basically he's taken three Stuarts
1: instead um, are these the ones with the, uh, the no- notorious five uh, machine gun festoonery no comment on? no comment they are are they they
0: are but having said that, the new Warlord FAQ has now stated that they are no longer light machine guns. They are uh, they are no longer medium machine guns. They are light machine guns. All five of them. Uh, the whole mount ones are they're light machine guns.
1: Maybe all of them are. I don't know. And they, but, they they have to fire at the same targets. Yeah, they can't split fire. Oh, that's much worse. That's m- are you well. kidding? That's great. Much worse for the oh for, for him yeah fan. yeah yeah okay yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant for you I'm like how's that worse I mean, for you I, I had I had this surreal conversation uh, yesterday in fact about that very thing about the the Stuart that the dynamic between early war uh, light tanks festooned with machine guns were completely obsolete by 1943 a nine cruiser anyone yeah yeah but because of the ge- peculiar game mechanics. They work much better on the tabletop Robin, than they ever Ro- worked
0: in. A- Robin and I had the same conversation about a half hour before I showed up at your place. He's like, it's so strange that we have this 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 weird meta that early war machine gun heavy tanks that were a throwback to World War One are somehow face melters in this game and yet in World War II they're obsolete. They're like completely obsolete. Anyway, moving on, he's taking two Stuarts which are the MMG Stuarts He's taking a Stuart Satan, which is the flamethrower Stuart. So you want to shoot that first off? Get rid of that fucking! Get that off the table. Um, but that's his command vehicle as well. So,
2: oh, so it's a, it's a tank platoon. Obviously, it's a, he's taking a yeah, tank right. yeah, So
0: uh, that's how he's taking three Stuarts. So yeah, you have fun with that. See how you go. Um, I've, I've s- got plenty of, of um, anti-tank. Oh, dude, I've seen your list. It's great. Like, I if I, I think you're going to give a good, list. Yeah, it is. It is a strong list. And this is it. Uh, other than Jack Norman, I think everyone's sort of rolling a strong list. Garrett taking a Tiger 1. Uh, Homeboy's taking a half-track with a Panzer Buxer, Panzer Busch, whatever it is.
2: Actually, the more interesting question is, you, I obviously I haven't seen the list, but you have, is has everyone teched against the Big Tens? What do you mean? Have everyone Has everyone brought a lot of, of anti-tank guns? No,
0: surprisingly not. Um, really? Yeah, really. Uh, some people are just literally just choosing to ignore it. Um, like Chris Peck, uh, there's not a whole lot there. Like Stewart's a plus four gun. He's got maybe th- I think I.
2: But what, 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 what else does he have in terms of anti tank? Though does he have any? Of, does he have any artillery? Does he have? flamethrower kind of you know he's I would got like a flamethrower to be tank. I would
0: like to be able to check but unfortunately my phone is on charge downstairs no, I may dash downstairs in the next 10 minutes and go going to get it and leave you guys to talk and come back but I, it's not like I've seen everybody like you know coming along with pack 40s it just seems to be everyone's gone you know what I'm going to write a fluffy fun stupid thousand point list and throw a tank in there and yeah. that, that was my intention. Everyone seems to have picked up the ball really nicely. And that,
1: that that was the thing that really interested me about watching yeah. what everybody had done with this. And yeah. all, it had generally all been done with um, the, sp- the spirit that we want to encourage in the oh, it's great.
0: I'm so, I was so happy. I think there were any, initially when Robin sent me his les- his list, I'll be honest, I kind of had a bit of a, no, you. I actually sent him a meme. It was, "Are you taking the piss?" Um, <laughs> because it did like it had like a heavy howitzer, and it had like a you know the, a pershing and it had this and that and the other. I think he also. Had, I think I, I am. I am seeing a prevalence of air observers at this event. So I think that's
1: people. So that's every definitely medical.
0: That's. I think that's definitely people thinking to themselves, "I need something to be able to take out." Is there a,
1: a, prop, a corresponding prevalence of snipers to uh, deal with the air observers?
0: I'm seeing them. It, it it's at the same ratio as I normally see them snipers
2: are a pretty common tool though like they th- they're just so good I always take a veteran sniper just because like I don't mm-hmm. know they're just they're just handy such an to integral tool really, really yeah, when, to have.
1: E- even at 1300 when you still have a 1000 uh, point army if your average sort of costed heavy is, is gone from an airstrike you you want that thing gone. You you want him out of there as as soon as you can. That's not something that you the thing is really though, want to see happen.
2: That is a good point about the the increased amount of points making the air observer better again because obviously you've got more stuff.
0: Well, the air observer these days. I mean, it's it's easy to shoot down a plane. and uh, You're needing three well, hits. The artillery
2: observer or whatever. Oh, artillery observer. I'm,
0: again, I'm seeing British players are taking them as per usual, but nobody else is. Everyone seems to be taking. Oh, okay. them. Everyone I'm seems to be confused. taking air observers because. That's a good way to deal with a tank.
2: How do, how do air observers work then?
0: Uh, so you basically say, oh, I'm going to shoot that vehicle there. You roll your one. It all goes to shit. Uh, two or three, it comes in the next turn. Four, five, six, it comes in. And then you roll to find out what sort of fighter it is. So you either get a strafing fighter, which does heavy machine gun shots, uh, ground attack aircraft, which uh, I think does plus three and then there's another one which is a
1: really bad one you roll a four ground attack which is Typhoon is or it a fighter bomber? um no, the fighter bomber is the or second one. The ground rockets. dedicated ground. Yeah. It's your typhoon or I mean five it's a on top armor eighty-seven it's... G or something coming yeah. in. Yeah, that even that's gonna you. plus five on top armor is gonna be
2: a hard right. pressed to deal with. the, the, the ten and the eleven. <laughs>
0: what needing a four to pen five to four to match five to pen. Yeah, that's mul- not that's with, not great with multiple hits.
1: But oh, even with hits. strafing okay. fighter. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I was I was down at League of Ancients, and I saw a. Panzer III get pinned off the board uh, by two successive rounds of strafing fighter. Yep, um, it will do it. It can happen. It, it couldn't really penetrate it. It had to do superficial damage. But still, that thing ended up with a fistful of pins on it mm. and took it out of the game. The the Air Observer's been
0: nerfed to the point where I don't really have a problem with people taking them. I There is a bit of a knee-jerk reaction on my on my part where I see an Air Observer and I just think back to... I think about the uh, games where like I played Brian Cook at Wintercon a few years ago where I had my um I had my Americans I took an Air Observer Brian took his Hungarians and it was one of the few games where um my air observer did exactly what it was supposed to do. I think it took out a Nimrod, then took out like a Toldi or something like that. And I remember talking about Brian about it a while later and he was like, yeah, I just, I, just, I think they're bullshit units. I think they're horrible because essentially what happens is if you, if, if me as a player, if I'm playing you, Lockie, if my air observer works, you have a shit game because you're like, well, there's no skill involved in that. You literally just point and click and I'm, it's, it's crap. But if I roll the one, then I have the shit game. So like why take a unit where no matter what happens, someone's going to have a shit game. Well, there's a
1: couple of modifiers to that, um, I think. The first one is Americans get it twice.
0: Yeah, it's harsh. Which really
1: stacks it up. But we've been having a look at the um, Battle of the Bulge books, Hmm. book there. Um, Some of the rules, um, Brandenburgers get it, Panzer Brigade 150 get it. You're stacking the chances of getting FUBAR where it comes down on your guys. Yeah, there you go. And that's...
0: I stopped taking air observers for quite a while because I got sick of rolling wands on myself.
2: Yep. No, that's fair enough. I've never taken an air observer or artillery observer in any list I've played, just because I I, I agree. I think they they just I don't think they add anything to the game.
0: I f- I feel really guilty then because we've got Badgercon coming up, Queen's Birthday weekend, and I have one in my American list.
2: Unbelievable. Having said that, having said that, backed up by a full veteran army. Blah blah. It's actually not.
0: No, so. No, <laughs> it's a it's it's a thousand points i've already submitted my list well ahead of time so it's a reg second lt two eight-man squads of veterans two seven-man squads of regs sniper mortar medium howitzer two trucks a i think have you guys seen the model that i did the m3 105 mg uh, hmc yeah it's really the nice. half track with the medium howitzer right yes yeah, so i'm taking one of those and i'm taking an air observer because i'm taking bazooka as well Uh, my anti-tank is really lacking i originally had a greyhound in there and the points difference meant that i was taking a light howitzer um i wanted to take the medium not because i want to take a medium howitzer but because i really like the way that i've modeled mine up and i never get the chance to play it so i'm like you know what and this is all it all comes back to me trying to win best painted um Anytime I go to an event, I'm going to try and put my best foot forward, and that means taking things that I think look pleasing, that people are going to go, "Oh, that's great," because I I would rather come home with the best painted trophy than a, you know, a winner's trophy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the things like um, you you remember? I think we one of the very first games we we played together had the two three four slash four. When was is the, that? Oh, this is at Mind Games. Long time ago now. What well,
0: was it? A, an event, or was it just you and I dicking around? No, it
1: was it was it was an event. But it's it's the Puma with the um, the pack forty. Oh right, yeah, 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 it, yeah Which yeah. It, which is certain, you know, completely it's a, cheesy. It's a rare yeah. unit. <laughs> it's not that great, but it looks so cool. Those the uh, and Kama models, fragile as they are, are just absolutely beautiful. Although Jeff
0: does great work. Yeah, I mean. His resin can be problematic to work with at times. You've really got to give it a good scrubbing. But tail wants
1: acid etch primer is the, the <sighs> thing that the the resin that he uses. What's um, oh, the mold release? Yeah, um, but ev- even with that, I, I found using a um, an acid etch primer on that stuff gets around all those problems. Yeah, works. scrub the shit out of it and then use a, an etch primer. It's it's good to go. Yeah, um, but it, it's a good indi- indication of that that model that isn't that great in game but man it looks cool <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: absolutely would have
1: won the hanna swag award i'm sure would have come close did you yeah, I, I, I didn't want it Don't think it. so oh, right i had we, the horses and the no nah, we went through and, a, yeah.
0: we went through a vogue period in the uh, melbourne bolt action scene where it, if you took a hano mag you would win the hanna swag award luckily we've gotten away from that um if you decide to take a Hannah, like a Hannah mag, yeah, awesome, that's great. But I want to give Hano swag awards to people who actually do the diligence on their on their lists. And look, you guys have submitted your lists. Everyone's submitted their list so far, So, and this won't come out until after the event. Um, at this stage, there's a couple of people tied that I'm going to wait and see how they look on the day, but I'm almost leaning towards Brad Moran at this stage. Yeah. Um, his army looks fucking great it's historic as shit uh, it's got a great theme uh, he's done the research he's he's
1: shared and, and with me so much of the research it's definitely not constructed in a way to beat face and and win the game in the context of what everybody else is doing
0: exactly right he's he's done something very different and it's it's i don't feel it's it's not win it or all cost at all it's 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 a it's a classic Brad glass hammer. Oh my god, the lights on. Flashbang. <laughs> <laughs> Flashbang's gone off. Um, yeah, it's 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 classic Brad in that it's it's one of those things where Brad'll always be the first one to tell you that his lists are rubbish. Now, Brad is a he's an intelligent player. He's been doing this a long time, so I believe that he's gonna make this work. Um, how well it actually works, nah, that's that, you know, there's the grey
1: area. I think that the very first game of Bolt Action I ever played was against an earlier. No, it was Brad's DAK. That was the oh, very first yeah, game I cool. ever played.
3: Yep,
0: he's um yeah. So it's Brad's Brad's Order Sahariana. Um, there is also Mark Newman. has got a Last Levy Fall of Berlin list that I am very much in love with. Um, very, very nicely painted. Um, speaking of painted, uh, I'd like to. Uh, very quickly, give a big shout out to Battlefield Accessories. Um, Mike and Lance have very, very generously... They've generously donated... Um, given us uh, trophies again. So, uh, thank you very much for that. But they've also donated to the prize pool a Battlefield Accessories Light Halo or a Light Arc. Now, I picked one of these things up a little while ago and let me tell you, it's fucking baller, boys. I got so sick of having... i Basically, what it is, when I first started Hobby... I stole a desk lamp from from, uh, from work um, you know chucked it in the car and it took it and I painted under that thing and the heat that came off of that thing especially in the summer would actually dry my paints quicker than I could actually get them on the model now since I've been using the light halo problems over it's fucking fantastic and it's well it's well priced as well
1: so yeah you know, uh, as you can see on this, this is list. not
0: an ad I'm not trying to it's uh, this is genuinely a good product that I, I, I
1: think deserves a mention as you can see on the desk behind you I've got two movable daylight lamps that's still a pain in the ass and yeah we're gonna we're gonna get you sorted out I, I I um like painting outside because of because of the natural light but uh, I've never t- is it,
0: that is, is that really a thing are you I, I'm not trying to be smart yeah, no, I've no, never no. painted outside is that
1: oh, I, well I I just love fresh air and because I'm I'm a chain smoker I don't like going up and down <laughs> this, the <laughs> stairs all the time um but uh, I've certainly had that that thing before about paint drying on your uh, on your brush in a, in the Australian oh, summer, forty two degree day. You're you sitting can't there in your hobby room you
0: jocks, you've got sweat dripping off you. Your you know, your models are like cooking yeah. in front of. This is just, just
1: shit. But the the, the reason that I raise that, particularly in the the context of the the um, the halo like that, um, I ended up giving myself some nasty neck problems from. Hunching over and trying to get miniatures into the either into the daylight or into the right angle with the the two daylight lamps, that thing takes that away because you've got it from all angles, you're not getting any shadows, your hand isn't casting a shadow. Exactly right. Um, Brilliant piece of kit.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, The the one tip that I will give anybody who wants to buy one of the light halos. when you put it together and you actually put the lights in on the inside of it, it comes with a strip of LEDs. When you put the LED strips in there, don't glue the pins in; just pop them in place. Don't do what I did. I glued everything together and then realised that I still had another light strip to put in, and it kind of cooked me a bit. So, um, but yeah, it's it was easy to put together, and yeah, that one one of those has been generously provided to us by Battlefield Accessories, and they'll be going to the best painted. Um,
2: we've got some good price support well you, you oh you've organised some good prize support for it, haven't you so,
0: okay all right, I'll, I'll do this quickly um, first and foremost Ian and John from War and Peace Games um, I don't know if these, those guys listen listening to this but thank you from the bottom of my heart because you guys are just like time and time again they come out of the, the you know they come out of the uh, uh, they come in from reserve and just help us out they're just fantastic I've got so much love for those guys Uh, so War and Peace helped us out big time Um, Combat Company gave us a couple of buildings so I've got some foreground stuff to give away Uh, actually one thing you guys will be the first to know this um, I have a destroyed foreground building that will be awarded as a prize to the first person who uses a tank to knock down a building and kill a unit inside I'm going for that one (laughs) Right. I every, I wanna, I everybody's done. doing that everybody's doing I can't wait I want to
2: start building some terrain like some proper boards so that's definitely what I'm going for yeah I've,
1: I've, I've got a video on, on the computer here and it's from the the original test cycle of the tiger and it is of a tiger being driven through a building that's somebody has, has to replicate has the, that yeah element.
0: word um, so yeah we've got I've got that um, and uh, also a big thanks to Steve Perry and uh, Edwin from Rubicon for helping us out. They provided four Rubicon kits, uh, a pack 38 a pack 40 and two Shermans. So uh, Rubicon, thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. You guys are fantastic, and we love what you do. So yeah, this weekend is looking to be absolutely stunning. Uh, we've still got a couple of... Uh, there's a couple of new people that we've got sitting in the wings who are kind of just you know maybe thinking about dipping a toe. Uh, we've got, unfortunately, and sad news, boys, we lost Robbie Lambert. So Rob has fucked off north.
2: Oh yeah, I know I yeah, he's was, gone. He got a he got a job up there, didn't he? he?
0: Fucking no, he, he ran one event down here and then he fucked off. It was I was it was poor form, poor he had, form. Elaborate. He hated running the TA. he just hated running events so much. so much. He's <laughs> like, you know, what? I'm done with this. <laughs> wow. Never doing that again. I'm done. I'm out.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you
1: should take heed, Lockie. But you know, uh, I, I think that that's a, a great thing about uh, the the way that these events are run. They are. I think we do a good job about welcoming new players. Oh, yeah. in, into that environment. Um, certainly when we've had interest coming in through the through the Facebook group, so many people have put up their hands and said, hey, look, we're, we're not playing for sheep stations. We're not going to play a game that will be uncomfortable for you to play if you want to borrow an army or just some oh, units yeah. to bulk yeah. out your army. So many people have put their hands up for that. And I think that's just such a great uh, indication of the spirit that um, – bolt actions played in here in Victoria
0: that's what we're trying to foster in VBAL is like if you like I've we've had it quite a few times where uh, I've said to somebody do you want to come along and play I don't have an army we've got an army for you I've never played that's okay we're fine with that like come along I'll pair you with someone who knows the rules inside and out and you'll actually have a really good first game and one of the one of the primary the shining examples is when we had uh, there was a guy called uh, Mick Porter and basically, you know Richard near you know Richard Ania, you know Richard Ania. You know yeah, yeah. So Richard Ania is one of our was one of our regulars. He's a really he's anytime you go to an event, Rich is always the guy. Doesn't matter what's happening, he's always laughing. And he's got this big hearty laugh. He's always pissing himself laughing over something stupid that's going on. Never gets angry. Never gets obsessed. He doesn't run bullshit. He's just really nice and really opening. And Mick this new guy came through and he played a couple of games and he was kind of getting the hang of it. And then we, I think he ended up playing Rich in the third game and those two ended up just, you know, arm in arm, just like just laughing the tits off at each other and having a great game. And at the end of it, I kind of looked at it and I thought that's exactly what I'm after. That is exactly what I want out of uh, an event. And yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to foster. So um, yeah, new players, if you're listening, come along because we've got plenty more plenty more events that we're running and we're always uh, looking for new
2: blood. Absolutely. And is there anything else we want to talk about, the the this the V-Bell event on the weekend?
0: Yeah, so uh, as per usual, we're running at House of War. Um, thanks to those guys. I mean, they're always great. They always look after us.
2: It's such a great venue, isn't oh it? Oh my
0: God, I love House of War. They've got a bar there now. I mean, that's just...
2: What more can you
0: well, want? Well, exactly fucking right. <laughs> I think the only shifted
1: a bit closer to the city, and then we'll yeah, just be, no, we'll that's, just that's be yeah, done. One bugbear, we'll oh boy! It's um,
0: I think literally the only thing that they could do to improve that is like, have they had a dumpling bar in there, mm. like that? Yeah, dumpling yeah. and beer. <laughs> but I, think, gee, I
1: I got a magnificent Reuben sandwich across the road oh, somewhere yeah, in the. There you go the shopping centre and I ended up buying a turntable which you can see up there. Oh, you get that there? It's, yeah, from the cash converters that's across fantastic. the road. So I, I've done well out of Ringwood. Over you, have, you have. Ringwood has looked years. after
0: you. Um, so the other thing that... Uh, I, I'm a I, humble brag. I built a new table. It looks very cool. Thank you. Um, I Basically, like what have we had for forever in the Melbourne scene we've had... Oh, that massive
2: bloody... Stalingrad table which looks awesome but it's like unusable I know (laughs) and and it will be making a return this weekend can we not can't can't we replace it with the with the um, absolutely sweet jungle board you just made
0: this is the jungle board isn't it
1: yeah Yeah. I built a jungle board
0: so anytime we've played we've always had a Stalingrad board we've always had a desert board um, generally, I always do like the you know the, the the city train station. So I do that four by four cobblestone mat with a train station at the back, uh, and then there's always some like Normandy style shit. But we've never had a jungle board, and people are starting to run Australian armies, and they're starting to run Japanese armies. I'm like, you know what? It's about fucking time. And I've always thought about I've, I've had all these ideas, and just the other weekend I was literally sitting there. I set up. I got this little Dremel. Um, it's like a jigsaw, but it bolts to my hobby table. Set it up outside, I had all this MDF lying around, this little 3D mill. So I just started cutting out like these little jelly bean shapes and big jelly bean shapes and all these different shapes and eventually just ended up with all these out these sort of like little outlines uh, when I found myself some, uh, I got these two sheets of um, polystyrene that'd been lying around forever, charged up the old uh, PVA glue and the next thing I know I started just gluing everything together covered it all in uh, either gap filler or um, spack filler and then covered it all in texture paint and flocked it and over the course of a week spending an hour or two a night much to my wife's dismay um, yeah I've very slowly just built up this, uh, this board and now I've got I've got two corner pieces that I'm going to finish off with but eventually there will be more I will actually make like a whole road system for it it'll be a very comprehensive jungle board there'll be uh, I, I thought they were called Nissen huts, but apparently they're Quinsen huts.
1: Uh, in interchangeable term. I think it is. Yeah. Okay, so the, these right. are the, the sort of half. Uh, yeah, that's half it. Dome yeah, it looks like a half thing. a half yeah. a water tank. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know it. I I always knew them as Nis, Nissen huts yeah. in the British context, but so
0: uh, I'm going to build some of those. I'm just trying to find some. Uh, I've got the pipe. I've got the uh, the PVC pipe. Luckily, Dennis Berwick down in Tassie, it's, it's just an absolute star. Uh, we're going to get Dennis on in the near future to talk about so because Dennis is doing some amazing stuff for a book that's coming out. He's actually building a lot of terrain for um, uh, uh, a Budapest, siege Budapest Hungarian. Is, is book.
1: this a continuation of that setting? The scene. Um, did you see that that uh, book about win- building winter terrain that came out recently? No. Uh, well, it, the. Do you have printing printing run was fairly limited. I think they had to do a reprint. Um, it looks. Absolutely amazing! Is it an Osprey book? No, no, it's it's a private uh, private publisher. I think it, it's a limited print run of maybe uh, with both editions, maybe three hundred copies. Um, it's called Setting the Scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Google that, it it, it is these absolutely beautiful um, Ardennes Battle of the Bulge kind no of sure. style winter winter tables. But speaking of tables, I have also uh, um. Retrieved all of my terrain from the, the hey. from the memory hole. Um, so I, I, I had built over the years um, numerous pieces of terrain for my old uh, gaming club. Um, I'd, I'd moved over to this side of the city where we're currently sitting uh, about a year ago and left it all there. Um, so I'd gone back and got that all and fixed it up and started building one of um, Knights of Dice's very beautiful... Normandy Church, which which is an imposing oh, piece of Yeah, terrain. fantastic, aren't they? Um yeah, really lovely. That's from the lettuce home range. Yeah. Everyone yeah.
0: needs to see it. Like if you're if you want to do um your World War II terrain, the lettuce home range is fantastic. And if you want to do desert, the tabula rasa range is fantastic for that. And
1: even their um the Tabula rasa stuff, uh, I had the um original prototypes while while Viv was developing that stuff that are the uh, medieval or dark ages stuff, which I've, I've set up so that they can be used for saga um, or alternately a sort of Russian village sort of stuff. And they're, they're quick to build. They go together beautifully. Um, great value for money.
0: They're fairly intuitive. Is yeah. I found that uh, when I was... The first one that I got, I had to put it together without instructions. And it was really intuitive. I remember getting it out thinking, what, like... Why would you not sell us with instructions? And the instructions are on the website. Like, if you want the instructions, they're there. But I was able to build a number of those terrace houses without any instructions at all. They are just that cool.
1: Yeah, I think the, the church caught me out once, uh, which was something about the internal details that wasn't yeah. immediately obvious. When
0: I put mine together, there was something on the internals where I, I got it to a point where I was like, okay, this is, hang on a minute, this doesn't line up, or... I remember I contacted Viv and he's like, "Yep, it's all good. It's it's being sorted out in the next run." Yeah, oh, cool. nice.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's all easily covered up. Um, you know, there's a couple of little gaps around some of the edges because of that that assembly error that we're talking about, which a bit of ivy growing over that. Oh yeah, you'll never never see it.
0: Well, uh, there's um there's a paint that you get from Bunnings which is uh, a stone effect paint. If you buy a sample pot, it'll set you back about ten bucks. It's great for painting buildings, and you can either get it in European stone or charcoal. Okay, those yeah. are the two colors I use, and yeah, they're fantastic. They really are. Um, yeah, that's.
1: So I've been looking at using the um, the same um, MIG Productions um, washable winter camouflage stuff that I've been using on my my winter tanks uh, to to do. Uh, pigeon shit all up and down the the roof because you 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 sort of sponge it on and it streaks streaks off beautifully uh that'll be the bomb
0: that's hilarious so the only the uh, the other table that i'm working on currently is an airfield which will be like a german airfield but i'm waiting on a couple of bits to come from tasmania for that i'm getting a little um an an air traffic control tower but I've got both the hangers, I've got the planes and yeah, that'll be, I'll actually mark that out on a board at some stage and then put that together. But that'll be, I don't know, I guess we'll
2: try and... Are you, an you going to f- use one,
1: 148 or 172? 148, 148. Ah, more of that to come.
2: Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. And you could do that kind of thing, like making an, an airfield in New Guinea kind of thing with a jungle you train yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like make it interchangeable so it's like well, different from game to game. What plane would you use for that? Like a Hawk Hurricane or... What did the Aussies use? Uh, it was I don't think I'm not sure. What the was it Corsairs? Was, um, oh, I'm not sure. No, you, Kittyhawks or up, something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, maybe it was Se- Kittyhawks.
1: Second rate, second, yeah. second rank sort of stuff. But yeah. it was
2: a lot of it was like re- for resupplying, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New Guinea, like there wasn't, we could, yeah, there wasn't that many airstrikes. I don't think because mm. the jungle was too dense. Like you wouldn't like the explosives you couldn't just see anything no exactly
0: like well, bomb that part of the jungle are they are there? Ooh. but the
2: airfields were very were very uh, crucial in yeah. that campaign that's for well, sure well maybe
0: that's something I'll look at doing in within the jungle table but um,
2: yeah at the moment well you've got a lot of the the trees and stuff so I mean oh, like you can make two yeah. boards for example if you, if you really wanted to
0: if I stretched it I could but I mean the whole idea about the jungle board that I'm working on at the moment is to make something that's dense yeah I want something that feels a bit claustrophobic where it's difficult to kind of get line of sight and I want it to It when does you,
2: slow the game down a bit though, don't that, you think? It because, does,
0: but because if, sm- if everyone's
1: tracking around no, through, but
0: if you, through if, the but if, if you're smart about how you play this you'll be alright.
1: does that raise questions about trying to get your hand in amongst that and knocking things I over don't think it's
0: gonna be no, it's not that dense because the trees are fairly Spartan. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone nuts on the palm trees. There's a few there, but I'm also trusting that players are a little bit I
1: had a a look at um, some of the terrain down at um, uh, League of Ancients yesterday and um, it struck me that the trees that we tend to use in scale to a person are not very big trees at all. And they had some very large ones which look great when you're three feet away from the table. When you're playing it, um, you get them knocked over... Uh, yeah, I tend regular. to find
0: it's that old adage where if it doesn't belong to somebody, they don't really give a shit about how it's treated. But I guess one thing I would ask, I mean, it's like I'm, 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 the the bolt action crew are a fairly respectful lot. If somebody goes and breaks something, I'll be disappointed, but I'm not going to crack the shits. But the other thing is, I can fix it. It's not a big deal. Like it's, it's, it's a piece of terrain. Like it's gonna, it's, it's there to be used.
1: Yeah, it, it's not not that I think any any of it was being damaged because they, these were made out of bottle brushes. No shit. Yeah, so they're they're just um, you know great great big uh, brushes that you would use for cleaning out wine bottles or something. So they're not being damaged. It's mm-hmm. just that as you move your hands around, rolling dice, moving miniatures, um, it's very easy just to n- knock it knock over. Knock something and, over. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's I don't know. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Um, it's it might be that I just put all the stuff that's got you know the larger trees. I will put it towards the middle of the board, so people aren't reaching over it. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I've got uh, two corner pieces to finish painting up, and I've also got an M twenty six Pershing. So I'm hoping to get those done by Friday night when I go to set tables up. You don't need to sleep. You'll be fine. Yeah, sleeps for the week. Um, since the last podcast, uh, my wife had well, uh, we had a we had a baby. A hey, baby, oh, congratulations! Thanks, S- sleep
1: is a foreign concept. Anyway. No, I don't know what sleep is anymore.
0: No, he's actually really good. Um, we called him uh, Alexander Donald after names for my uh, my wife's grandfather and for my grandfather. Um, for those, uh, it's well, uh, my wife's grandfather was in the Egyptian army and then was in the Australian reserves, and um, my grandfather was a major in the British Signal Corps. He actually oversaw the transition between uh, analog to digital radios and did all kinds of crazy stuff in testing them. Uh, My dad often tells me stories of when they were living in British Honduras and my uh, grandfather was doing all the testing. He was also intercepting radio from, um, I think it was between Cuba and Russia. Uh, He was doing a lot of the, uh, monitoring a lot of the the radio traffic going through there. But um, yeah, dad tells me stories where my grandfather would get one of these new you know, digital radios, and say to my dad, "All right, strap that to your back, son. No, no worries. All right, now, run that direction. All right, when do you want me to stop? When you can't hear me anymore. <laughs> so you <he> would just <laughs> start running, and you'd be running for you know however long, and then you come back, and the next day, granddad would be you know out on the you know out on the parade. Oh, not the parade, ground but out on the rifle range, digging holes and burying these things for days on end, and then going up and throwing them out of airplanes and cooking them in the oven at home, and you know just running them through their tests. So.
1: There's a, there's a great film on on that topic called the the Russian woodpecker, um, which is about stuff that he absolutely would have been picking up mm. at that time, and it turned out it was a absolutely enormous over the radar, um, over the horizon radar array just outside of Chernobyl, um, and shortwave radio recordings from the 60s, 70s, and 80s are chock full of this. Um, interrupting noise that this this thing would make <laughs> that's brilliant um, I, I use them for making uh, noise industrial music uh, just mix it into synthesizers and stuff
0: um, yeah so my yeah my um, it's, that was uh, my grandfather uh, little side note my grandfather's father my, gra- my great grandfather Archie was actually a machine gunner in the first world war and was an engineer in the second world war he was one of the last men to be evacuated from Dunkirk and was also instrumental in the designing the system that allows a tank turret to turn. So there you go. Very cool. Yeah, and then I came along and trashed all that military goodness and just <laughs> was just too fat to join the army, unfortunately.
1: I, I have flat feet and short sight. Short sighted. Little dwarf. Bad attitude.
0: <laughs> Bad attitude. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. Just give me a gun, let me go and shoot him. Um, yeah, so uh, Vbal, that's z- zinging along, so all the lists are in, everything's looking good. Um, I'm taking an Australian army with a Matilda, five ten-man squads of infantry, a machine gun and a mortar, an arty observer, first lieutenant. Basically, I've got almost nothing to take. It's lots of infantry. It's a lot of infantry. Are they,
2: what, are they all vets or regs? No, it's
0: all regs. Are they? Yeah, cool. It's not. It, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that guy. It's a Gumby oh. army. Come on, mate. It is a Gumby army, um, but guys, the other one that we've got—Operation got got Wolf—coming up. So Brad's come out of the woodwork to run an event.
2: That's right. That's next month, isn't it? It it's is.
1: It is, and th- this is the one where the uh, Panzer Brigade 150 list will will yeah. see the light of day.
2: So, what are you taking to this?
1: Well, I'll have to scale it down from 1,300 points, so I may... Because it's 900, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking the... was a the big chunk.
0: Uh, it was a big wet bite out of your ass. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's
1: a bit... The, the, the uh, regular Flak 88 will take a big chunk out of that.
0: Yeah. Are you taking a Flak 88?
1: Well, that, that was in the original version sure. of the uh, Operation Heavy list. So I think if I pull that out...
0: I'm surprised I didn't see more 88s, personally. I thought that would have been a mainstay. I thought people would have gone, I need, I need one of those in my
1: Well, list. we're, we're going to talk a little bit, in a little bit, about uh, 148 as a scale, and I think that's actually part a of it. A superior scale. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> so, um, it's only recently that we're starting to see 156 scale Flak 88s hit the market. Um, I recently bought an Italeri 148, uh, which is the one that I was intending to use that time do you do eventually. you want a one
0: fifty six flat eighty eight? Because I will trade you a one forty eight for a one fifty six. Yeah, done. done. For Brilliant. consistency,
1: that'll be oh, really easy. I,
0: I want I want a one forty eight for a terrain piece. Great. Done.
1: All right. Um,
2: see anyway. how easy that is. See how it is. how yeah. easy that is listeners. That's 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 how you need to do it. Live on air, just get on a podcast and start making deals. It's great. Yeah. Just
1: wheeling the, <laughs> the art of, the art of the deal. <laughs>
2: the art of the deal. Um, but
1: it's the, a great the deal. So it's
0: fantastic. It's stupendous.
1: I got the best flack. <laughs> the best flack of the best <laughs> flack. I got all the flack. <laughs> but uh, the the list is constructed around the, the uh, Ertzat's M10. Um, Beautiful. Unlike the traditional or earlier on, Before versions, we go on,
0: before we go on, before we go on. Do you know what the Ertzat's M10 is, Lockie? No, please inform Tell me. Tell them because this is fucking
1: cool. Okay, the Ertzat's M10 is a Panther um, that has been jerry-rigged to look somewhat no no light.
0: no no, no. hang on somewhat being the operative word okay what did
1: what it, what any said in the dark by inexperienced troops from a long way away <laughs> it would look
0: so, so basically in the battle of the Ardennes, is the Americans had Wolverines yeah yeah and Wolverines are an it's basically like a Sherman chassis with an open top with a fucking enormous gun in it good tank and that's the pain in the eyes it's open topped in the Ardennes. so you can imagine what the tankers were going through what Otto Scorsenzi did, who was the leader of the Brandenburgers, is he decided to mock up some panthers to look like these things, and they basically got timber and just sort of screwed it onto the side of the turrets, and it's fucking horrendous. And like it, the thing. And, and so
2: there's rules for these things. Obviously. Oh there, hell
1: there yeah! Rules for, okay, now the the different the old in the old uh, armies of Germany book. You had a rule for a camouflage tank, which, if you took a unit of Brandenburgers, you could also take a camouflage truck or a tank. Um, the Battle of the Bulge book changes that a little bit and makes that a whole army list. Um, the crux of which is that um, you can't shoot at me until you either spot me, um, i.e., you get within six or 12 inches, yeah, depending, depending on what the unit yeah. is, or I start shooting at you. Um, which is why it's earlier that I mentioned, I'd, I didn't really want to bring this to an event where we might have a uh, fair component of, of new players because it's nasty. That sounds pretty good.
2: So wait, what what armor is it? What size gun it's is it? It's, it's a panther. It's a panther. So it is a panther. It's armor
1: ten on the front. Yeah, it's yeah. a super heavy gun. Yeah, right. Uh, it loses the front machine gun. Uh, it loses the bow machine gun.
0: Because they put a timber board over it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, it's sheet metal or timber. Makes makes no difference. So, so, oh, l- so lucky. I, I yeah. just
0: think like, you know, them just bolting bits of
2: MDF <laughs> on there with double-sided tape. Bolt action. <laughs> <laughs> lucky lucky. I'll be running Australians and they can spot things at 18 inches. It's oh, really? 18, okay. It's, nice. yep. it's going to be great.
1: But the the other interesting thing, so you have Panzer Brigade, Brigade M10. Um, you also have infiltrating units um, and they deploy very much like spotters. They come on the board. They... You put them, yeah, in in, in your half up to yeah, halfway, yep. all of that stuff, um, and they have to be detected separately from the rest of the army. So the rest of that army can start shooting. You've figured out that they are not Americans, but the uh, these what do they call them? Lead lead units and infiltrator units. Um, they they can come on like Brandenburgers. Um, they certainly mess up any of your reserves. Um, if you deploy them with the Feldpolizei units, Feld units, um, your guys get a bonus coming in from reserve. Your enemy gets um, a massive deduction to it. Your FUBAR roles are boosted up. Um,
2: so what are the disadvantages of this list?
1: Uh, you pay something like three points per model for pretty much the same as fanatics for carrying enemy uniforms. Um, all of your vehicles that are disguised pay a penalty. Um, if you take American or British vehicles, they have to be inexperienced. Um, it balances out all right um, because you you pay a big whack of points. You can't take Panzerfausts. You can't take assault rifles. Yeah, it's, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty big.
0: Um, it, it kicks you in the dick, but it's also. If you were looking at pure theme, it's a really interesting theme to kind of look at. and It sounds awesome, yeah. Oh, for sure. dude. I and mean, that's,
2: that's, again, like as we were talking about before, I guess the strength of these new campaign books that they keep bringing yeah, out. Yeah, I like that. It. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, suddenly, oh, you might have a German army, but you'll be like, oh, actually, I also want to, you know, build my army around this theme. Well, the, the next book I want to get is, is Market Garden. Well, one, one leading, of the, on, gr- leading off from the, the yeah. Battle of the Bulge. And
1: one of the, the great things about uh, that list as well, um, and we touched on this very briefly just while we w- were setting up, the intelligence officer's rules. One of your um, lead squads can become, I believe, an it's intelligence infl- officer.
0: I- Infiltrator HQ. Yep. Uh,
1: this, which, is a, this is a German-only rule, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, which gives you the ability to... Uh, in conjunction with, with Snap to Action, um, I think how it will play out, once you get where you want to be, and if you haven't been detected, once it goes, it goes real fast. And lots of nasty things happen.
0: Do you want I just read out the intelligence rule? Yeah. So it's once per game, at the beginning of any turn, the intelligence officer... May act on intelligence gathered about the enemy force before the first die is drawn from the dice bag. Roll a d6 and apply the following modifiers: Inexperienced, neg one; Veteran, plus one. On a plus four, the player activating the intelligence officer may choose a dice from the bag for the first activation. Now, in itself, not amazingly powerful. Uh, you're looking at, um, yeah, inexperienced, thirty-seven points; uh, regular, fifty; vet, sixty-one can add two blokes uh, uh, oh no hang on that comes with officer and two men add up to four additional men with rifles at eight points 11 points or 14 points so you get three dudes for three regular guys for 50 points
1: well it works Fucking bargain it works a little bit diff- differently for Germans um, if I remember it correctly you don't take a separate unit you upgrade one of your existing officers like an NCO or a um, one of one of those lead squads, okay, or yep. alternately your existing lieutenant or captain, uh-huh. whoever it is, you upgrade him to be a um, intelligence officer. Yep. Other armies, you you take it and you get the extra dice, but you have to pay a little bit more for it. Yeah, that's cool.
0: But I mean, we were discussing this. I mean, imagine you know, if you were, if you had one of these guys sitting behind, say, an artillery battery. Say a mortar, or a howitzer, Neville, whatever. Maybe a couple of tanks. If you, you know, if you had a turn when you're like, shit, I need the first dice. Like, I just, I there's no two ways about this. I am going to lose this game unless I get the first dice. I mean, this could be a unit that will sort of pull your fat out of the fire. Having said may- that, maybe, may- know, yeah, no, I'm hearing you. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying it's
2: a certainty, but I'm saying it's an edge. I certainly think it's a cool rule, and like in terms of. You know, like and I certainly don't think it's broken. I don't think it's particularly powerful. I think in some situations it can be good, but at the, end of the day you're paying fifty points for you know for the regular squad it for, is for, for for once per game on a four plus for the for that rule to you know like that's a lot. That's lots of ifs and buts. Yeah, and that's also if the not sni- if the enemy sniper doesn't take you out first. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It is. Um, I think it works a little bit differently for uh, a German army than it would for for others. Um, but if you consider that it's not that much more expensive than taking a medic, which a lot of people do, not because they really think that he's going to do anything in game, it's just a cheap way to get an extra dice in the bag. Um, I can see the appeal in that. I, c- I can yeah, see how yeah, that would work. Yeah, for sure.
2: Work. I mean, I think people will use it. I don't. I don't think it'll be particularly like you know game breaking or anything though.
0: But that's what you're. So that, uh, getting back to it, that's what you're kind of running it up up wolf.
1: Yep, yep. That's uh, that. That's right. So um, I think it'll be be an interesting list. And part of the other reason that I wanted to do it is it's a very easy and slow way to get into accidentally building an American army because so many, all of those models are winter Americans. From, Word.
0: Uh, do it, man. It's Americans are fun. They've got some good options.
1: Easy mode.
0: <laughs> it's easy mode if you want to make it easy mode, but it's easy mode. They definitely have the nicest rules. You Lockie, giving any thoughts what you're taking what off?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be taking an Australian list. Yeah, um, yeah, haven't thought too far ahead um, past V Bell. I don't think though, okay. because I, I really want to fit my Matilda in, even though I don't think it's particularly good tank. But just because I like it as a centerpiece model, yeah. Um. So j- just fitting that in uh, while keeping enough um, enough infantry plus support um, units is going to be a challenge, I think, for nine hundred points because normally, like, obviously, we normally play a thousand points. Yeah. So, like, just you know, that's two support units dropping out. Mm-hmm. It's a t- it's a, the uh, difference between having an armor seven tank and an armor
0: nine tank. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a,
1: it's an armored car right there. Yeah, basically.
0: Well, I'm taking the airborne. So it's a regular for me it's a regular old t- I already said this? No, I think I've said up no, I can't remember. Um yeah, nine hundred points yeah, it I think it's like four or five squads of infantry. Uh bazooka, something else. There'll be a sniper in there, probably a mortar, um my uh one oh five HMC, probably a couple of trucks. Nine hundred points wasn't a whole lot to play with. But um it'll be fun.
2: I think the 900 points will be good as well because it'll make the games a little bit quicker as well. which yeah, um, maybe. Which is a nice touch.
0: Well, the, yeah, I, I hope so. I really hope so. It's, uh, it's uh, you know,
2: good, a good... I mean, it's Mo- it's uh, three games, isn't it? For, I believe so. The, yeah. The where yeah,
0: absolutely. Brad,
2: Brad's event, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so it'll be three games. But, I mean, the one that we've got after that is Badgercon, which is up in Bendigo, which is Queen's birthday weekend. And I think that if we can, mm. uh, the three of us will jump in the car um, probably leave Melbourne at about sort of five five thirty. Get some. Yeah, definitely can. I'll, fl-
2: I'll be
1: sleeping on your couch, mate, and then no, there's nothing
0: wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> you can carry me into you the can,
1: car uh, in the morning. Yeah, we're we'll, <laughs> we'll fucking snuggle each other. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm seriously thinking. Uh, sleeping on the floor rather than. Than uh, trying to get from here to wherever it is <laughs> a good, Well, I reckon. Good, uh, I, mean, I don't know. Way. I mean,
0: maybe we just. I don't know. Maybe we just find like you know somebody's place to crash at the night before, and that way we did it for Wintercom one year. Me, Garrett, and Rob, we all stayed at Garrett's place. The funny thing was that Rob actually slept in the car overnight. So, like, like when we went to bed that night, you know, we had to leave at Like, I think, like we were left at like four in the morning. And Rob, like you know, the night before, said, All "Right, I'm gonna go and sleep in the car." Wait,
2: that's going up to Cam- Canberra. Canberra. Oh yeah. my lord! That, so, that, that, that's that's too far to do. No, it,
0: it actually it actually isn't. It isn't anymore. It used to be. Canberra used to be ten hours, but they've upgraded the road now, and you can get it under eight. So what, you
1: you don't eight. stop in yes, you stop in your ass. Anymore. Yeah,
0: no, you go to the no, the McDonald's,
1: my the ass, yeah, m- uh, my m- ass, McDonald's in my ass.
2: No, do you reckon we could get an Airbnb in uh, in Bendigo? Airbnb. <laughs> Um, no, Bendigo's not that
0: far. It's only like an hour and a bit, an hour and a half, two hours up the road. It's not that far. It's actually not that far to get to Bendigo. No,
2: um, it'll be fine. That'll be, that'll be good. Um, oh, dude, looking, the three of us in the car, to. we literally, we'll
0: do some podcasting or some chat, yeah, but, um,
2: good. that's,
0: uh, as far so as I can a
2: lot of events coming up because we're also thinking of doing, oh, um, Easter, Easter one is Easter weekend is, is Convict. So they conquest Conquest You so can call was him Well there used well, to he is, be a He is an Australian <laughs> <laughs> No but there used to be A tournament called Convict Yeah In fact I think it's, uh, I think they still run But anyway So the bold action guy No sorry The, the conquest guys have, Django Have approached The bold action community To see if they've got a. They have a um, If someone would run, would run A tournament action. At at that
0: I foolishly said yes Yes I said I'd give it a crack
2: You said that you'd give me a hand I'll give you a hand. Um, I'm happy to run one day. I'll, I'll, well, we're, we're still we're still putting the feelers out, I guess, for numbers in terms of if we're, if it's worth running the two days. Look, well, I'm I'm my, my thought
1: on on that as well is that you know do we we've got a couple of options there. One is to run one day as a tournament and another day as exhibition games, and uh, people can join in. Um, the o- The other thing to bear in mind there is. Um, there, there may be other one-day events that people might want to jump into one and play yeah. BA for one yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. The, the,
0: idea, the idea that I've had at this stage, I've spoken to Garrett about this, is that day one will be um, a team event. It'll be Axis versus Allies. Missions will be assigned two tables. and You will play as a team. You will lose as a team or win as a team. And what'll happen is, say that Lockie is playing Australians and JD is playing as Germans. You guys will play each other and say that JD has to defend a fuel dump. Now, say that Lockie wins that and JD loses the fuel dump. In the next game, you guys, as the Axis, would then have to nominate one player who then has to now play with the low fuel rule.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Or, yeah,
0: or um, it's... it's Garrett and I are going to... We'll, we'll, we'll map it out. We'll draw... All the boards out and how it's going to sort of descend, but every board will have a flow-on effect. What? Like there'll be an airfield, so like if like say that say that Lockie as an Australian player is defending an airfield, and JD comes in and takes that airfield off him in the next game, one of your one of your access players might get a free air observer. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll also be room in there for um, uh, reinforcements.
1: 'll it'll, I be, it'll the, be a
0: dynamic event where it'll like you know shit will change from turn to turn and like i said you will we we've done team versus teams before and i've got to be honest that was one of the most fun events that I ran I was really happy with how that turned because the camaraderie that everyone gets into i love it so and the,
1: and the great thing about that i mean two day events can really turn into a slog um that that can be by the tail end of day two, yeah, um, that can your be your brain's real...
0: cooked. You've had enough. Yeah. You just want to fucking bite something. Yeah, yeah. yeah which so is why ke- we keeping it that made.
1: fun like that, I think that's a good way. Well, to go. I think
2: yeah, day one will be that, and then day two oh. will be something easy like tank wars or some shit. I was gonna say maybe day one you do the you make it the tournament day, and then day two the more casual kind of yeah. campaign. Even if we there. just say look, day two, if anyone wants to show up and just play.
0: Or if you don't, like just let us know. But definitely doing that for conquest because I think if we do that, I mean my, my aim is to try and get twenty people. We've had twenty people at events before. We've had two of them where I think Rob I think I ran one, maybe Amph did, and then Robin definitely ran one. where we had twenty and twenty one people respectively. Um yeah, I think it's time we sort of tried to sort of, you know what is it what is it McConaughey says in um in Wolf of Wall Street? You, you gotta up those numbers. Gotta pump those numbers, they're rookie numbers.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Well I mean our, our, my personal thought would be I'd love to run a two day event and try and get some uh, some well, interstate guys come down. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't reckon uh, my my opinion would be conquest isn't the weekend to do that. I reckon we 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 put a sure. lot yeah for sure. I think particularly think I think only 2 or 3 weeks after Brads event. So if I mean if we start organizing something you know a little bit later in the year. It isn't 40k. Like we don't I have know, a... We, for sure. like, but Bolt we... Action does not have a very young demographic
0: mm. where people can just fuck off and just, you know, abandon their responsibilities for an entire weekend. Cough, cough. I did that at Moab only a few Speak months back. Speak for yourself, mate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm young, well, it, single. Well, I've got I'm, all the time <laughs> in the world. I, I
1: was going to go away but the flights were too expensive yeah, so yeah, I yeah. said I would be there. Bolt um, Action's
2: cheap to play. Like so, once you've got the army... <laughs> So but, I think, but yeah, definitely. We we'll, we we should sort out a proper two day, like premiere kind of Victorian yeah, tournament later in the year. I think I'm doing it. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm feeling it. I rang Brad and asked his and his advice, and he was very, very. Um, he was fantastic about you know the things that he told me, and uh, I'm going to take a lot of that on board. Um, hopefully, AMP comes. Uh, you know. Out of the uh, out of the West and comes and joins us again.
2: That'd be cool. We'll try and get uh, east, people sorry, like east. celebrities like Brian and Patch down. That'd be that'd be quite cool.
0: I th- look. I I gotta be honest. I'm gonna put it out to the um uh, the Cougie, uh, Cougie Games Club, uh, the uh, company of Dice guys, and just see if anybody wants to come down. Um, it would be nice. You know, we do tend to you know, like we fly for Moab, we fly for Cancon. You know, we we spend a the Melbourne boys spend a lot of time kind of you know floating around and supporting other people's events. It would be nice if. Some of those guys then came down. And look, it'd be great to have Dave Xavier down here with Dave from, you know, of the left handed Panzerfaust fame. It'd be great to see that guy down here, you know.
2: Or we could even try and get uh, our good friend Jacob Lotz over. Look, Lotz, he's solid, all right? And if any,
0: any, any chance he gets, he is on a flight down this way. And like I once okay.
2: t- he might for a two day event. You never know. He might.
0: What co- what you Conquest like try and get him over. For con- Not for conquest. I oh, mean, I was going to say that's, that's 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 short notice. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> no, no. that's bloody, bloody short
2: notice for for a proper two day primary, like five game event, like maybe later in the year. You, you never know. He might, Word. You might want to come down. Hey, look, look, dude, I'm I'm open for it. I really am. Um, the
0: pain in the ass for two day events is finding the venue that will allow us to run two days. House of War will do House it. House of War will do it, but. It, It's just it's a little bit problematic. Um, I love House of War. I fucking I won't hear a bad word against them, but it's it does for people who come interstate. It is difficult to. It's not it's not CBD. Having said that, I mean shit. You look at
2: if people are coming interstate, we could always uh, do a shuttle service. A shuttle service. <laughs> Come on, I'm thinking big, man. <laughs> you are. You're going to get and <laughs> House of War is good as well for those two day events. I've, p- I've, I've been to two day events there um, for, Do for remember, other gaming ma- maybe systems we because they're upstairs. open. They're open late on a Saturday night. Oh, they're you know? open late every. But beers, night. pizzas. Anyway, this, this is for another time. But uh, I think I love that we just like you, you. You kind of said it, and all of a sudden I'm
0: like, yeah, let's just let's just hash this out right now. Cool. Um, yeah. Right. So oh, look, we've got BadgerCon. Have you got any idea what you're talking about BadgerCon?
2: We're taking Australians. No idea. It's it's in June, mate. Come on. I've already put put my list in. Yeah, that's because you're crazy. Uh,
1: I'm thinking it's probably for me. It'll just be an evolved version of this uh, not quite Americans uh, list. And I didn't mention I got the uh, Stossi's heroes uh, Donny Drump figure Uh. to lead them (laughs) because I'm sure that this would just cause so much rage. Painter. Amongst every, oh, no, he's, paint he's a, painted amongst oh he's painted in no, no, he no, has little, little orange black, p- to do the chaplain mustache. He's 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 the brightest orange that I've ever painted a miniature. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see this.
0: It's this fantastic. So yeah, badgicon uh, I put my list in. Uh, I sent it to Gus because I was I'm just crazy like that, and I knew I was taking Americans. Um, so. You said you weren't all that happy with some of your earlier paint work. Um, I went through the same thing. So I literally stripped my entire airborne army and started again. Uh, I used Patch's um, airborne painting guide. And I'm really happy with how they've come out. I think they look, uh, they look pretty good. So I'm sort of running those a lot at the moment. Not because I'm you know enamored with the Americans. I find them a little bit kind of dull, a little bit boring. But I like the models that I've
2: painted. They're a very sexy army. Thanks, man. Um but anyway guys, we might take a quick break and then we'll come back with our last segment. There. There's nothing there's no quick way with our breaks, mate. Pardon? It's Long. Long break? Long, long break. No, 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 no It's not lo- it's not long for our listeners. That's it's- true.
0: I don't I, well hang on, we're not even a WWPD anymore. I don't even know what ads we're gonna do.
2: No ads, it'll just, it'll just be me singing. It'll be, it'll be long ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: It'd be great. No, you know what?
0: It'll be it'll be it'll be J D singing the, the, the Star Wars Cantina song. <laughs> alright guys we'll be back after this
2: and we're back for our final segment of the Bacon Burgers yeah, so in this segment we are having a little bit of a friendly discussion slash debate about um, about the scales of our vehicles and. I just action. want to
0: preface this by saying that anyone who doesn't have the same opinion as me
1: is wrong
2: yep that's, yep. That, that's okay. standard argument we'll
1: crush them and see them driven before <laughs> us <laughs> and the, the lamentations of women. They don't have any women, you geek.
2: <laughs> Classic debating tactics I love it. I love it. So, um, we're, d- so we're discussing, yeah, scales. Uh, what is better, one in forty-eight or one in fifty-six? So I'll start this. I wrote an article a little while ago called "Full
0: Scale Model Wars" for WWPD. Now, a little while ago, I walked into a, a hobby shop in uh, in Nary Warren. Um, anybody internationally who's listening, if you've ever watched Kath and Kim, uh, it's, Kath and Kim is actually set in the fictional uh, suburb of Fountain Lakes. It's
1: a very effluent
0: suburb.
2: <laughs> I, I, I spent the first 20 years of my life in Harry Warren. No actually. shit, did yeah, you? I did. Why'd
0: you move? I'm in Cranbourne. I'm mean, only like 20 minutes away. We could have been like neighbors. But yeah, like, so, so but I was in a hobby shop in Fountain Gate called The Hobby Man, and I was looking around, and normally in hobby shops in RC, themed hobby shops you never find 148 you definitely do not find 156 but i was kind of looking around i stumbled across uh the world war ii section and holy balls there was a 156 warlord italary hellcat and i looked at it and i thought oh wow i already own three hellcats i don't need another so and then right next to it was a tamir 148 Sturm tiger now i don't run germans I definitely don't run 148 but I looked at this thing and I thought I enjoy putting things together sod it I'm going to buy this thing it's like 30 bucks why the fuck not so I got it picked it up bought it home put it together and my god Tamir I love you they're they awesome they're really the, a lot of people will complain about Tamir kits because of the track uh, you know putting the individual track assemblies together and shit like that yes it's a pain in the ass but it's like... T- yeah, And yes, it is like 45 minutes of your life you're not going to get back.
2: So how's it different to a Warlord kit? I've never actually got oh, um, so, one of their kits. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll allow, allow me to, to, to give you the, the the short induction. So a Warlord kit, you will literally... The track and the wheels and everything is in one piece. You pick it off the sprue, clean it up and just glue it to the side of the tank and it's on, right? With a Tamir kit, you actually glue the wheels on separately... And then you build the track around the wheels.
1: So in in the 148, so are we looking at individual track links? Some of the, uh, around around
0: the around the uh, yeah, around the, uh, the the edge of the wheels. We are yeah. for yeah. the straight section that the tank actually sits on. No, that's a that's a long section that can be you know about sort of three or four inches long. Uh, but for most of it, you are actually building individual track links.
2: After that, it's a cakewalk. So did yeah. you do you prefer building the uh, like the more complex kits? Yes. Now,
1: my, my argument is invalid uh, well, okay yes, that's, it's yes, over it is. All right, yeah okay, this has been and close, Good night. Yeah. Pa- right. pack her up <laughs> okay. my, my, my argument against this is that um, yeah, you know, I, I love building 135 kits and yes you are looking at 300 individual track links that yep. you will build up and you get that nice curve all through there however a kit is 400, 500 pieces, etched brass that you have to fold around what a little jig. Kids, are you putting together? They, this is oh, this get, is one thirty-five. Is it? one thirty-five? Okay, right. Okay, so um, particularly the the Tamiya kits, they they are lovely. They they oh, are yeah. really beautiful for for what they are. Um, however, what they are not is gaming pieces, right?
0: No, and that's it. Uh, and you, you okay, but I mean, this is not. If you, okay, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me put this to you. If Rubicon came out with a 148 kit and it was exactly put, it went together exactly the same way as their 156, would you swap scales?
1: No, I wouldn't. And So it ref- doesn't
0: come down to the kit, it comes down to the scale. No.
1: Well, it, it comes down to a com- combination of the two. Um, uh, for example, I, I do have a couple of bits and pieces that are 148 mm-hmm. because they are pieces that weren't easily available at the time in 156. Sure. Um, they were a pain in the ass to put together. They're very fragile. Um, they don't like being pulled in and out of my transport bags. Yep. Um, bits snap off very easily. Um, so the weathering increases exponentially <laughs> yeah. as they get more so, and wow, more That's broken. a really
0: interesting weathering technique. How did you do that? Yeah, I just uh, so snap it's it's off. It, uh, it's a secret. It's a family secret. Yep.
1: Um, and part of that comes down to wh- what I want to do when I'm sitting down at my hobby bench. Um, we talked a little bit about the difference between plastics and metals before. Yep. I would rather be spending time painting than assembling things. Uh, I don't necessarily want every um, flask or belt buckle to be an individual piece. It's a sort of gestalt thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm into painting, not assembling.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yep. I'm, I, I, I I agree with everything you just said. But the way that I look at it is, and yes, um, like I started with the Sturm Tiger, I then went to the Jag Tiger, King Tiger, I've got a Panzer IV. Um, Hari Turner, if you're listening, love you, bro. Uh, he sold me a heap of his 148 stuff he was getting rid of. So I have now have like three Hetzes. I've got a large contingent of German armor, and I'm still undecided at the camouflage. It's all sitting there un- unprimed. I just did the tiger. The other good thing about the Tamir kits, I find, is they actually come with lead weights, or they come with um, a metal hull. So it feels like a tank. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's got, you, it
1: got some lovely heft to it got in some, your hand. It's that's, that's got great. some
0: guts. I, I, I
2: so you can differ. throw it at people when, yeah, when yeah, they it blow hurt. it up it's like, <laughs> Fucking like hurt. the dreadnought sock like, yeah, the, the days <laughs> of old <laughs> <you know? laughs> no I mean but like you, you can say the same about it like so obviously so the two tanks I only own two tanks which is kind of um, depressing so I own the Russian do you want some more? I'll um, give you some more. We, yeah,
1: We got some like,
2: spare
0: tanks. We got lots of tanks. Between us,
1: we it. must have
2: maybe like getting on towards 100 tanks. For, yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot absolutely. of tanks. I don't, it's crazy. I don't understand it. So I've got a T-34-85, right? A Russian tank, which is plastic. and it, I've uh, got about six, six of seems, them. Yep. It seems, yep. it seems yep. a little bit, you it's know, check. like it's, 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 it's okay. It's, 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 okay. It's, it's Warlord, but it like doesn't weigh much. They're a nice kit. But then the Matilda tank... Um, for my Australian army is resin and yeah. it's so big be- like it's it's, it's yeah. 156 but it's beefy it's, it's heavy it feels like a tank
0: see I own the 148 Tamir Matilda and if you sit the 148 Tamir next to the 156 Warlord the level of detail that you get out of a Tamir kit is incredible having said that you are right in that bits will snap off mm-hmm. because there is a bit on the Tamir kit where um, and I, I, I can't tell you what it what purpose this actually serves on the actual kit itself, but if on the front uh, right-hand uh, mud guard is this tiny little stick that sits up and it's got this tiny little board, this cross board on it, and you better believe that was gone within about four seconds of me painting it. It was just
1: snapped straight and, off. And the, the, these are pieces that are not designed uh, for the use that, that we're putting to, putting them to in, yeah. the, in that context. Um now the the other reason that I'm I'm going to come down in favour of one fifty six rather than one forty eight. Yeah, um, I I had the the great pleasure and fortune to uh, go up into the country to uh, uh, I think Victoria's only private tank museum a couple of months ago, um, and really get to clamber up you played, and around. You
0: played that one close to the chest, didn't you mate? Where was my invite? Yeah. Well it was it was uh,
1: it was oh, my wow. godson's uh, oh, go. present F- for, for Father's Day, yeah, day right, family okay. day thing. Yeah nice. Um and the the amazing thing is um, we think of tanks as being really big. Uh, when you you're inside at- them they are really not
0: Yeah, um, that's it and that's just why I come down on the side of one forty eight because if you stand a 156 Warlord paratrooper, a metal paratrooper, next to a 156 Plastic Warlord Sherman, I'm failing to see how five of those blokes get into that tank. Now, if you put Perry's next to it, that's another myth. I mean, Perry's look anorexic compared mm-hmm. to the 156 mm-hmm. Warlord. And yeah, I believe that 156 vehicles work well when you have a Perry-scaled miniature. Because the Perry, as far as, as I'm given to uh, understand, the Perry is actually closer to 150.
1: Well, my, my, my observation was, so I was clambering in and around a staghound. Um, yeah, righto. Right? Now, I'm, by today's standards, about a, a medium-sized man. Um, Are
0: you about 5'10"?
1: Yeah, yeah, about th- about that, but a- of, so of
0: average height. Yeah, yeah average aver- build. Averaged,
1: average height, average build. Average temperament. Um, it, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but, um, it was a cold day, so I was wearing a leather jacket. Yep, um, and I got stuck. At several points, I would have paid so much trying to, to get that. around this thing, and I, I was wedged in there. Now, I imagine that. Can you imagine the vehicle
0: legs that are coming at the top of the down the top of the <laughs> turret? Just, I imagine
1: that the vehicle being on fire would focus the mind rather, <laughs> rather marvelously on on getting out. But it was still an absolute struggle. So, um, you get the sense that. Um, the the warlord figures are, uh, they they suffer from uh, gigantism. They do. You know, they've yeah. they've drunk the uh, Mister Burns yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cough syrup. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Thing. Um, their height isn't the issue. So the 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 vertical height isn't the thing. they 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 have the ape man Tom Waits sort yeah, of uh, gi- do, gigantism yeah. issue going on. They
0: have baseball mitts for hands and all that Yeah.
1: Yeah. All of that, but. Um, I I saw a game yesterday uh, at uh, at a local club, and somebody had a uh, one forty eight Humber armored car, yep. and it was quite close to a Stug three. Yep. Um, I actually took a, it was photo, bigger than the took a photo of yeah. that and sent it to you, and that illustrates the difficulty of mixing them up together.
0: It yeah, and this is why I only I only run one forty eight for my Germans. I will not run 148 for my Americans, my British, and my Finns, because I already have 156, and I'm not, mixing scales does not work.
1: Yeah, as long as you're
2: consistent,
0: with yeah, throughout the army, and that's that, why that's through my mar- yeah, mar- but
1: it, it wasn't consistent within the army. It was the against, um, your opponent? against the
0: opponent. Yeah, well, that's something I can't. Control. I, I, uh, don't, and the other I don't thing think, you think have that to it remember. has a um, a
1: yeah. huge impact on the the game in in terms of giving extra cover to guys behind it or. Hiding oh, dude, behind... dude if you're going to be meta like that No it, it, it? I don't yeah. think that it, it makes an, an enormous oh, difference I've
2: seen some pretty small tanks like just hiding behind little walls and it's like oh well I'm I'm you know like 50% covered I get you know like negative hit and it's like well like, it's a bit silly but you know like that that's I guess 150 a problem with 156 but also
0: Oh it also depends on the
2: tank that you decide to take Yeah
1: well. you, you sure. would be, you would be on I think you would be honestly surprised how small a lot of World War II armor is Compared to how big you think oh, it I've is, I've
0: stood next to a Stuart, man, and they are they are small. Um, yeah. Alternatively, there's,
1: I've, there's I've a place stood up in it, there's a place up in Echuca that has a grant, and it it is the most surreal place because it's a combination vineyard, cheese making operation, and tank museum. It's but they have a they weekend? have a You're, steward. Let's go. Let's blow this <laughs> event off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheese, wine, we, and tanks. Why do we have the event up there? At there, yeah. I can yeah, pull. yeah. But um, where's so Tristan? Just
3: stand,
0: don't.
1: <laughs> standing next to it to a grunt. Um, I I was at about the eye level was about hatch level.
2: The so, driver's hatch. Yeah. 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 They that's kind of how, a, and
1: that is that is a very tall tank. Yeah. Um, they're not as big as you might think that th- that mm. they are
0: i look i've i've stood in front of a tiger tank and it's an imposing piece of machinery um, i've also stood in front of like truly enormous stuff like the uh, the A39 tortoise i mean any of our british listeners who've been to bovington um, i'd I know that you definitely haven't been to Bobbington, Lockie. No, nope. Sorry, JD, been to Bo- no, 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 I've never been to. Bovington. Please go. Seriously, man, if you ever go to the UK, do Bobbington. You, mm-hmm. you just trust me. You will, you will get more out of it than just about I, anyone. I tried else to I know. get a
1: visa to Russia when I was in Europe to go and visit Kubinka. Yep, um, but unfortunately, they. W- they were a bit difficult.
0: Yeah, your uh, your ties with the anarchist sect sort of um, set, set you back well, a Yep. Yeah, <laughs> one way one way or the other. Yeah, but, yeah, there uh, you go, there you go.
1: Um, and Samoa was a bit a bit out of the way.
0: But standing in front of something like a tortoise, it's you just it's it's gargantuan. It's completely overwhelming. Um and the horrible thing is that when I went to Bovington, I wasn't as actively interested in World War Two as I am right now. When I take my son back to meet my grandparents in a couple of years' time, and my wife and I go over there. My wife went to Bovington. She had a great old time. She was thought she was going to hate it, and she was really interested in what was going on. But I've stood in front of things like tanks there, and they're fucking enormous. And, yeah, there are small things like Stuarts and you know small armored cars and shit like that. But tigers are big tortoises are big uh pans is a big like i thought I, I truly believe that the 148 scale as far as running with heroic scale armies it works and the detail that you get out of the tamir kits is just superior and like i look at i think it's a sliding scale at the moment i think that you've got on the low end of the scale um i'm not rubbishing anybody but the uh have currently got a range of plastic shermans out at the moment and i put a couple of those together for mark uh newman and i just found the detail a bit lacking it was like this it's not as crisp it's just it's nice and it looks good on a table and i've got no problems with it at all and that's what you're after so be it that's fine but it just wasn't crisp and then if you hang on and then if you go to a rubicon you step up a notch lines are crisp shit's good Lots of options. This is starting to look really good. And then if you go to a Tamir 148 kit, holy fuck, this thing looks great. Like I can see individual panels, individual parts. And I'm daunted by painting this 148 German uh, motor pool. But I can guarantee that when I finally get, you know, I decide on my color scheme and it'll end up being some sort of ambush camo. I won't be doing it with an airbrush. It'll be done freehand. But when I finally decide on it, I think I'm gonna get a really good result because I've got such a such a rich amazing canvas to paint on I've got a cyber 148 man they're just for the for the detail and the size and yeah sorry okay. go
1: oh, as a counter um, we we touched on um, I don't think we recorded but we were talking about the uh, de kits now yeah. I, I think they absolutely capture all of the things that we want about the the Miraculously sharp detail for for a a hand cast resin kit. Yeah, Um,
0: Jeff does really good work. Yeah, they they are just beautiful,
1: and and I I have to say everybody that will. Grump and grizzle about uh, delivery time. That's Canada Post. That's not Jeff. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's not Jeff. You're gonna yeah. like if that's that's not, If you have an issue with that, then buy from another supplier. Like it's yeah. like at, at the end of the day, Jeff is a one man operation in a shed. And he it, does really he, good. And he, he has went to deal with so far
1: out of his way to put things right when yeah. uh, I had a couple of delivery issues. Um, but the advantage that that stuff has is, um, I think the way that he's designed those kits. Um, the level of detail as far as things like jacks on the on the hull. Um, you know, I, I, I've got many of, of his German armour kits and, and they're lovely. They're, they're really great kits.
0: The, the, the one thing that I do hear people complain about the most is the, uh, the flaking paint. But I find that if you just get in there with a toothbrush and some soapy water, hot soapy water, and you, you really give the kit a good scrub... And then, like I don't know about you, but I use um, like an auto primer, which you can get. Like I think uh, touch ups, yep. white acrylic yep. touch ups, which is you can get from Bunnings, for like ten bucks a can. I've got no issues. I,
1: I, I found that the the trick with those was absolutely scrub scrub the bejesus out of it oh, with a yeah. um, with soapy water, uh, but acid etch primer, which really if you if you're painting metal figures, you should be using anyway. Um, mm. You'll get a much better result um, than you you will using an enamel primer. Uh, using an acid etch will uh, give you an even coat. It won't build up in the details because it does actually eat its way a little bit into the surface of the metal. Wow. And it has a nice, um, nice what, what they call tooth, um, something they, they talk about when they're talking about gesso primer. It's slightly textured, so your paint will stick to it. Mm. It won't slide off. Anyway, um, the, the reason that I, I raise that is I think the way that he has designed those kits gives you a really good even ground between uh, the level of detail that you want without the risk of bits breaking off your uh, clamps, your jacks, your spare tracks, whatever it might be on, yep. the, on the front of the model. Um, and they are, I feel, about the right size. So I feel the same way about Trenchworks. works. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: Trenchworks are. I mean, they are. As far as yeah, that, that look, resin kits, I find those to be. Oh, look, Jeff's stuff is great. I mean, I won't hear a bad word against him. But if you put a Trenchworks kit in front of me and a JTFM kit in front of me, I kind of tend to lean towards the, the 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 Trenchworks kit. I can't really tell you why. I don't know, but it just seems sharper and straighter and cleaner. And it's not. I know it. I can look. I can pick up the jet and look at it, and like it's. But it's just something about. Maybe it's the color of the resin they use. The gray compared to the white, it just shows off the detail a little bit more. But yeah, I think resin sort of coming. It's coming up hard. But the pain in the ass is you've then got a company like Rubicon who just they are fucking dominating at the moment. It's beautiful. Like you just watch all the new releases, and they're starting to get into like metal ranges now. Where all of a sudden it's like you know uh, here's our you know range of metal Germans who are running with rifles, like holy shit that's amazing. And Edwin's let me know about some of the stuff that's coming up, and some of it is like oh, I cannot wait to see that because yeah. it's plastic Rubicon. It'll be great.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and Rubicon have done such a fantastic job about uh, modular kits that yep. will let you build different variants of the same <sighs> tank. Um, and they the, fit together. The st- have you seen the 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 um, re-tooled, uh, the sketch ups for the retooled Panzer IV? Um, and the way that the Verbal wind kit fits on the top of oh the my hull. yeah, it just makes me ill. Yeah, that looks so good, man. See the
0: pa- that that and that's and stuff like that makes me angry because I have a one forty eight Weblewind at my house, and mm-hmm. the thing that hurts me about the whirlwind is it's actually you know the whirlwind's got that hot tub time machine on top (laughs) and all the fucking figures in there and if there's one thing i truly hate straight back
1: to 1944 yeah exactly right
0: straight back to the blitz and if there's something i fucking hate doing it's i hate painting shit before i can put it together Mm. that is something that just it drives me fucking wild is i just do not like doing that i want to be able to just like put it together and then paint it um sometimes to my detriment I well, painted. If, if
1: that's what you want though one those Tamiya 148 kits the mentality behind them because they're not gaming kits they're scale models you're you're building <laughs> oh, it like a- you would build a 135 kit that yeah. it's multiple sub assemblies that have to be primed and assembled and painted um i
2: don't have the patience for that yeah well, again, it depends what you want it for. Do you want it to sit on your shelf and look pretty, or do you want a game with it? Like both. For, like, no, both. i am serious. That's fair.
0: that's fair. I I want my shit to look nice. I want my stuff. I take a lot of pride in my vehicles. I like the way my vehicles look. Um, oh,
2: I'm not saying that they're, they're mutually exclusive, of course. Just I mean, like for me, like who often doesn't have a lot of time to paint. You like, I'd prefer to just like, it, like the kit to be simple, um, so I can paint it, do do my thing, get on the table as quickly as possible. Look,
0: if the Tamir stuff was more simple, I'd be very happy, but it's not, it is what it is. It's a scale model that I can game with, and I fucking love it. Will I continue to do 148 going forward? Probably not. I'm probably just going to make it the Germans because, uh, the I mean the quality of the German stuff that they've got in one forty eight for the Tamir is just great. It's the thing is the kits are cheap as well. You can pick up a one forty eight Tamiya yeah, kit for absolutely. thirty bucks. Yep. yep. Whereas yep. I mean I think the, the, the Sturm Tiger cost me thirty bucks. If I go and buy a one fifty six Warlord Sturm Tiger, yeah, I'm looking at like sixty or seventy. It's no contest. And, the the, and the, the the Tamir kit's got to I can move the turret. I can move the turret around well not turret, but I can move the gun barrel around. And it's
2: you know, I can Wh- actually why do you think the price difference is that,
1: that's an economy of like scale that question that um it's very expensive to set up a, a plastic mould. If if you've ever seen how they're built, it's an enormous steel plate that has you just been inject in plastic in yeah, it that yeah. has been engraved and it has to take the pressure to squeeze all that, that plastic in there. Um if you can only sell X quantity to gamers, because one one fifty six is a very niche Scale. Oh god, yeah.
0: Go into a hobby shop and ask for 156 yeah, and have yeah, a look at that. Get nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I I struggle even to find 148. I I keep my eye out for it. Metro when, Hobbies in Ringwood. Yeah, um, Metro Hobbies when they were in the city yeah. had a limited range of it, but they had some stuff. Um, Hearns has none. No, nah. no, nope, they they have. Is none. that the
0: place up the road, Southland?
1: No, that's the one by that's Flinders 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 Street, Flinders Street yeah. Station yeah. in yep. that uh, little. Yep. Dungeon un, under there. Brunel
0: oh. Hobbies out at uh, Southland, they've got. You, if you ask them, they say, no, 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 we don't have that, but we can get it in for you. And I'm like, well, I, I can get it in for myself. I,
1: you know, it's the, BN- it's the BNA age. ModelWorld.com um, Australian distributor that has all sorts of stuff. They, they have heaps of. Heaps of shit. They're um, based
0: down in it. They're just dead down my way. Yeah, Mourabin, They're yeah, down yeah. To your place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and
1: they 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 dispatch once a day. Um, you place an order before ten o'clock in the morning, you get it the next day.
0: Oh um, God, I could just about drive to their house and yeah, uh, drive yeah. to their place and go and knock on and, the
1: door. And the yeah, they they have all of the Valendon one forty eight upgrade kits. If if you wanted an interior engine for your one forty eight yeah, thing, cool. they they will have that.
0: Well, thanks to Brian, I've got a 148 uh, Cromwell um, Belap Camo upgrade kit from them. I think it's Black Dog, which is a Czech uh, a, a Czech Republic uh, product. So it's a resin upgrade. I think uh, Jacob Lotz, that uh, Swedish scallywag, has actually bought me a 148 crommy and he's going to send it to me. I'm doing a, a commission for Jacob at some stage, soon. we're going to pay the, him the, part of The that.
1: issue that you raised before about price, though, that... Very quickly changes when you move out of the mainstream manufacturers. Like, I mean, I think, uh, Tamiya is really one of the only plastic injection molded companies that's really engaged with 148 outside oh, yeah. outside uh, of aircraft.
0: Yeah, okay, that, and that was kind yep. of my thing. Is like, if aircraft, there is a yep. lot of 148 um, there.
1: Valldene, Velinden, um, Verlinden's defunct, unfortunately. Um, well, no, he deserves a rest, but Francois Villenden, bless his soul, uh, has retired and they've scrapped all of the moulds from Villenden Productions. Um, they There were some very sad photos of um, the VP factory in, I think, Virginia closing down and they were throwing out the dioramas that were in there and oh, no, all sorts really? of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that those aftermarket and small manufacturer kits in 148 are actually more niche and more expensive than um, Rubicon or Warlord um, because they are not doing the size production runs that mm. we're, we're talking about. So if, if price is your um, uh, your mainstay your overall, about it, you overall, will be yeah. looking at... Um, you can get them. Your Panzer 4s, your Panzer 3s, your Shermans in 148, you're not going to be getting the range of kits, I think, that we're seeing in the wargaming scales. Um, you can certainly get that stuff in 135th. Oh, 135,
0: it's, it's a yeah, bundle. You abundant. get everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but 148 you, you can't use behind, it in the game. No. But I mean, a 135 elephant... You could try. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you would fail. A one thirty five elephant's roughly the same size as like the P one thousand rat tractor for fuck's sake. Like it's it's just completely unusable. But I think that the one. I mean, you raise an interesting point. Uh, But I mean, the the bare crux of it is. I mean, the the whole point of this argument is like we we take away everything else. It comes down to preference. Um, Does a one forty eight Hetzer look better on a battlefield than a one fifty six? And I'm I'm thinking yes.
1: Well, the, the argument that I, or not argument, the point that I, I would raise is that um, it's, a, it's not a directly linear scale. Mm. The smaller the object was, the less the difference between 148 and uh, 156 will be. Yeah. So a small vehicle like a Hetzer, it's not a big difference you get up into the elephants and your tigers, oh, to you start tiger. to see yeah. that difference is actually much more noticeable than yeah. it would be in a, a small um, anti, anti-tank gun or a um, jeep. Yeah. I, I would be absolutely happy to, to run trucks and uh, well, no, jeeps thing. and things here's, interchangeably. Here's the thing, 148
0: jeeps, uh, I've got a 148 uh, motorcycle, doesn't work it just does not work it looks like the, the the figure looks like it would actually have to like get a boost to get on it <laughs> and then once you're on it how do you get off um, th- uh, and I this and Brian Cook is the person who put me on 148 um, and Brian has basically put it to me he said he likes the 148 kits um, he enjoys painting them more and his thing is is like okay for tanks and armored vehicles 148 for soft skins. Trucks, Jeeps, motorcycles, 156.
1: Well, the, the other thing that I, I think you, you see, maybe more than we notice, um, there's an awful lot of 150 and uh, yeah. in-between scales, which were the Corgi die-cast stuff that you, you see kicking around. Uh, those die-cast trucks that I, I use are all yeah. some weird, in Between scale, that's another, yeah. Fish somebody somebody
0: farm. did a limited run and like you know Romania or something, and then all of a sudden they find their way. Well, the they, market. they
1: were just the, the scant standard sort of matchbox slash corgi scale mm. at the time. Um, sure. somebody was running a um SDK of said 222 the other day, and a I triple I'd, two, triple two. Um, it was a really nice model, and mm. um, he said, Here, hold this. It was a it was a diecast. Wow, it um, and I it. think it was a one fifty, probably mm. being being maybe a corgi or something along those those lines.
0: So maybe one fifty is the answer. I mean, you know, you sort of yeah, so sort of like somewhere in between. It's it's kind of weird, but I'm yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I'd, it's going to be hypocritical of me to kind of push it anyway, because I mean, you've seen how much one f- one fifty six stuff I have. You I've got so fucked much. On. Um to start selling some <laughs> yeah my wife is saying <laughs> the same thing
1: but she is, uh, most the f- insistent she's f-
0: very insistent it's either models or feed the baby i'm like ah, you didn't even still eat once a day what are you talking about just just breastfeed him they
1: can't eat lead
0: yeah well, well they, they shouldn't they eat shouldn't lead. eat lead yeah it's funny whenever he comes into my little hobby cave for some like he he's, he's like a fucking he's like field. Just seems to like magic up plastic like he all of a sudden he's like where did you even get that from like I didn't I didn't even buy it like I don't know where this came from just put it down just uh, just keep all your tanks up high oh they're up very high <laughs> he's um but yeah it's I, I guess when it comes to to going forward I think that my German army will run exclusively in 148 um, I'll still end up getting a couple of Opal Blitzes from Rubicon because they're just fucking great kits mm-hmm. um, I will probably end up getting you know, like the little, uh, the kuba wagons and the, the motorcycles and shit through Warlord or through Rubicon or, you know, through Blitzkrieg or whoever it is that's, you know, it has got them. But the tanks are going to be 148 because I love the fucking way they look. Mm-hmm. Um, are they too big to play in the game? Some of them are. Yeah, the Tiger King Tiger, shit like that I just, I mean, they take up entire roads. They look ridiculous next to like, you know, four grand buildings. They're just way too big. But I think that's what I like about them. Yep. I think I yep. like the grand scale. I like to put a tank on the table and think, fuck, that is enormous. That's a beast. Yep. It is a fucking beast. And I think that's what I dig about it. Yep.
1: Um, well, my, my my recent observation, um, you know, as as I was saying, we're out in the country at this tank museum. They had the um, Challenger the the out there. And so Way that's a, a for, for yep. modern MBT. Main yep. ba- main battle tank. Have you still um, seen so Abrams? Though? it's not quite the yeah. same thing as That's a uh, big. Uh, yeah, they're, medium they're, or heavy. Yeah, they're and, big and, and wide, yeah, or but they quite low to the ground. Um, it's certainly yeah, a great big chunk of metal, jump yeah. on top but easily. it's lower down no, to no, the you ground. No, you couldn't than you jump might. on it, but um, I think you can kind of roll um, onto the body and then scramble up onto the turret. But it would be difficult driving um There's a Big,
0: yeah, um, it, I don't know, man. I'm, army, I'm still. Base. Fort Worth. I guess I would. Yeah, oh, look, yeah, what would, yeah. what would really yeah. sell it for me? Yeah. I think would be is if we got <laughs> something yeah, we, we were talking relatable, about like seven. a, like a, like an six Abrams, seven. and had a 156 Abrams against a 148 Abrams, and actually, you know, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to Perry miniatures. I got to be honest. I think like if you're gonna run a Perry army,
1: yeah, like you kind of need to look at 156. Yeah, I mean, they, they really are the. Well, Perry is the slender man of, of, <laughs> of, of, of armies, and they, they do look. Um, I mean they're you, Steve Rogers before the yeah. treatment but even
2: in the Warlord range there's, uh, there's like there's different scale models as well so I bought a box of Chindits I think they were to um, try like to be veterans or something in my Australian army they are way too small they really? they 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 look ridiculous next to their yeah, yeah the, I've painted up a bunch Australian of them and they, they are they're little small, guys aren't they? yeah, yeah. The Chindits, yeah, yeah, you could not have them in the same army. They look ridiculous. They look like dwarf men. I painted con- something chinders, so I didn't
0: think they were that small.
2: Yeah. No, but when you put them next to the like the new range of, of warlord Australians, they look ridiculous. Okay, I've not had any of them.
1: Conversely, um, I was putting together that, uh, I swear they're Americans, not Germans, uh, <laughs> army. I got a couple of artisan um, greatcoat Americans and they are huge yeah, they are next cool. to the the warlord guys yeah. but you you've also got to consider um, you get 20 guys off the street you're going to get an enormous variation in weight and height between them rather than everybody being exactly the yeah the same height so maybe maybe we need to factor that into yeah but you wouldn't be able it
2: wouldn't be that obvious from the scale we're talking about i guess right like in terms of a twenty-eight millimeter game, like the height wouldn't be that. Like,
1: well, e- even within within, so 20, 28 millimeter, um, or rather one fifty-six, because we're talking about a difference between um, a height and a scale, and they are not necessarily the same thing in the, in that in that relationship. Um, if we take as an average, right. Uh, they're supposed to be 28 millimetres. Some of them are actually 32, mm. and some are 25.
0: There is a sliding scale. Yeah, yeah. They're,
1: they're, they're, and there will be some variation. Oh, there's a massive that.
0: variation. You look at um, yeah, the Aussies versus the Chindits versus the Eureka Aussies.
2: Yeah. It's all over the shop. Now, it's the Eureka model... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got some Eureka... Um, straight bad they're, they're, they're the t- same they're the same sizes well just about as the Australia uh, as the wall of Australians well
0: uh, the way that I look at Eureka is Eureka is the it's the middle ground between say your classic metal American airborne and a Perry mm-hmm. it's like it, it it doesn't have the baseball glove hands it doesn't look like a gorilla but it also doesn't look like it needs a sandwich yeah
1: yeah you know what a- I mean? absolutely and and they've I, I will say this for uh, Warlord: they're getting much better at um, mitigating the baseball hands and the the giant heads. So I don't
0: mind the baseball hands, though. I don't I mind know, the oversized weapons. Look at those, the,
1: those wi- the Winter Americans. They yeah. they are quite slender. They they are not particularly considering that they're built to be wearing great big bulky yeah, great coats and a uh, uniform under are quite thin.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it doesn't really matter as long as, like, the army's consistent.
1: And, look, there is always some natural variation amongst any group of of people in their height and weight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with vehicles, it becomes a little bit more jarring, and where it really stands out is probably in the armoured car range. You might Um, be right
0: there. You might um, be right. I imagine that a 148 Greyhound would look... I, I've
1: seen a 148 Staghound on the table and it was bigger than a Panzer IV. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. That, that looked a bit off there. Mm. Um, certainly that Humber armoured car looked bigger than the Stug. So. Yeah,
0: that's it's, and that's the pain in the ass. Is like, I, I think you might be right on armoured cars because armoured cars, I mean, I look at the Greyhound and I'm like, yeah, I could probably get three blokes in there. Um, yeah, I look at yeah, it's,
2: uh, the BA-10... The ten to me looks quite small, like the the warlord yeah, one do you think? I
0: think it's like a three or four man crew. It's not big. Yeah. You got like a driver, a co driver, and then a couple of dudes in the turret working like crazy to keep old Joey Stalin happy. Okay. But yeah, exactly. he was a hard man to he please. Was a, he was <laughs> a very hard man to please. Taskmaster. But I think that's I don't know. I I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give I'm I'm definitely not giving up on forty eight. I think it's I think it is for the Germans, at least, I think it's the better scale, um, and will continue to be until companies like Rubicon start coming out with kits that will actually fill the void. Things like you know the Jagdtiger Tiger and the Sturms. I mean, the stupid thing is they they you know why would Warlord go and not not Warlord, Why would Rubicon go and invest in that when you know people actually putting those units on the table? They're few and far between. I think, to my knowledge, I think the only person who's run a Sturm Tiger is Brad. Mm. Because Brad. Because he's just a loose unit and that's what he does. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, hang on. Maybe it wasn't Brad. Maybe it was Anthony. No, it was, it was Brad, I'm pretty sure. Was it Brad? Yeah. All right. He but ran one at the
2: Tank, tank yeah. Wars event yeah. Like, yeah. That, he, that he ran last year. Yeah. He, okay. he only, I think he only played one game, but I played him in the first round and he, yeah. he, he used...
1: And he look, the other thing there. is, too, that um, the mar- I think essentially the markets are different. Um, As I've had it explained to me by uh, people who've been into the scale model scene for a really long time, um, the reason that 148 took off was because people in Japan don't have a lot of space to store their built models. Mm -hmm. Um, They like something small and compact that's still highly detailed. Um, I'm not entirely certain that that market overlap will 100% work because... um, folks who are into they don't like building model kits, they want to spend an hour putting it together, paint it and it's on the table. Yeah. W- won't feel entirely comfortable with uh, I think that's maybe building why a scale kit. Yeah, that's basically
2: yeah. me. Like Well, that's
0: like it me. and like I'm happy to put in 3 or 4 hours into a vehicle to make it look nice. Because that's just that's just what I do. I don't mind putting the time in, but it's I mean just building it though? No, no, no into building and painting it. Yeah, building jet like ben, I can, I can put a Tamir kit together in about an hour, mm. and it's an enjoyable hour. I put a podcast on, chill out, you know, have a glass or whatever, and yep. put a tank together. I mean, d- is it frustrating at times? Yeah, but a lot of things in life mm. are. It's well the that, journey that, that makes um, it worth it.
1: It's a Larry Flack eighty-eight. Took.
0: That's the one forty-eight.
1: Yeah, the one forty-eight. Now, let
0: me. hang before you go on, did it come with like a like a watchtower kind of thing?
1: No. No. Contin- sorry, just continue? the kit. Um, that, that was probably two and a half, three hours of, of build time mm. uh, to, to get that together, uh, whereas a one fifty six version, a lot of that would have been a single central cast. Um, yeah. Simplified yeah. details, absolutely, but so many of those details are hidden by the, the basing on the terrain. Um, they're hidden by weathering, by your camouflage netting, by, by mm. all of that stuff. Mm. Um, I would tend to prefer a more robust and more simple kit.
0: Yeah. it's. Um, I only ask you about that because Robin bought a 148. Um, could have been a Tallery. Could have been uh, Tamir. But he bought the, the, the Flak 88 and that actually came with a watchtower. And I guess the telling difference between 56 and 48 is that watchtower is still sitting on my desk because I actually have to cut about an inch off of the timber boarding because a 156 figure cannot see over the top of it Mm -hmm. so maybe that's the telling that's that it's weird because it's this sliding scales like you know it's does a 156 look like it would fit in a 156 tank no but it also looks like it would be like too small inside a 148 but i don't know it's I
1: I, i i tried putting a couple of uh test crew figures uh, around it, and okay, I know that um, if you you have your trajectory set flat, the breach is quite high up. Yeah, okay, but um, it looked enormously bigger than it should have. Yeah, um, it didn't look at at first glance without the reference of having a figure next to it, but with a one fifty six fig- or twenty eight millimeter figure nearby, yeah. it, um, it was noticeably gigantic I, th-
0: I think that I think that my especially my big cats are going to be fine until I park them next to a four grand building or somebody runs a load of perries up at them and they try trying to blow the, blow the tank up and then it's going to look comical uh-huh. but at that stage I will not really give a fuck
2: <laughs> yeah, but you care about your army as a whole, like well, it's, you know, as, as, nice. as a, as a yeah. piece, rather than what it's like me, up against for, yeah. against a certain. I mean, I'm not buying things you know, because sure. they're
0: good in game. I mean, for fuck's sake, I bought a Sturm Tiger. Like that's yeah. When am I going to feel that? Probably never. But for me, it's a painting opportunity.
1: Yeah, and and absolutely as as a support for for painting, and I I, I really come at this stuff too. Um, they they're fantastic. I would never tell anybody. Don't play that or criticize them no, fuck for that. doing it. I mean, that's, that's not what For God's sake,
0: Jack Norman's bringing a veteran King Tiger to my event. I just patted him on the back and said, you're a point over? I'm going to give a fuck. You have your point. I wish I'd
2: I would got him. All right, guys. We're going to have, have some closing statements for, closing statements. for this debate. All right. Tristan, you first.
0: 148, I believe, is... I mean, I've outlined... I'm not going to repeat myself. I've outlined why I believe it's better. But it comes down, in my opinion, to the detail and the fact that it looks like you could actually fit, say, five warlord metals inside of that vehicle and they would actually be able to function as a tank crew as opposed to trying to cram them into a 156 and it would look like they would just. You would just open the hatch and like four guys would just be
3: like, kill me! Clown car. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah.
0: It it would look like a clown car. So that's what I'm coming down on. I think that my future armies will be 156 vehicles only because of availability, but my Germans will be 148 because Tamiya has done just about every German vehicle out there and a
2: few British ones. No, that's fair enough. What about you, JD? What's your opinion? Um,
1: Well, I I come down on the side of practicality as gaming pieces that um, a fully assembled, beautifully painted 148 kit is lovely to have on the shelf. Um, a somewhat broken uh, 148 kit in your gaming bag is not quite so nice.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, was it was it you that left an event once and your figure kit? Ca- yeah. So if that you want to, if, if you yep. want to, if you want to buy dodgy figure cases and end up with your shit all over, like, was it Burke Street? Yep. Yeah. Well, me. then yep. that's your bad. <laughs> if you actually want to like go and invest in like you literally know, my bag. Exactly right. Yeah. If you want, I, I will always go to Viv at Knights of Dice and get him mm. to cut me custom foam trays, and they will fit my tanks perfectly. And I will transport them safe in the knowledge that it's going to be in one piece when I get to the other end. Maybe you should do that, you cheap bastard.
1: No, I I fixed my transport bag. Uh, that was just one that had a dodgy zip.
2: That was pretty bad, though. That was remember, pretty awful. Yep, yeah. yeah. I've done the same thing all across the all across the car park. Oh no. Like, that's right. It was I'm all, glad it's all, not just me that's an idiot. But no, I think the but closest. A, well, the GW case as well. But, you know, like the clips yeah, just yeah, came yeah. open all, all over. I Damn. the closest I
0: came Where? is the closest I came is when I had um, somebody borrowed one of my. I borrowed a British Army of mine, and they had it all set up on a on a tray, and um, it was on the edge of a table at an event that I was toing, and I turned around to hear what, and just watched the entire tray full of all my minis and figures just hit the deck. And I'm like. Hold well on. Having said that, nothing was broken, so they just sort of picked him this up. This is why is we varnish our
2: miniatures. Yeah, exactly. Was right. it plastic or metal? <clears throat> plastic. Yeah. See, plastic just bounces what? off. If it was metal, it'd be, it'd be an it'd issue. Be, it wouldn't be. This fine. is
1: why we varnish our metal miniatures. Yes, that's
0: right. Yes, yes.
2: Right, guys. We're on just about two and a half hours here, so we're going to wrap it well, up. Well, by
0: the time we put the adverts in of Loki going
2: do do
0: do do, 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 do. <laughs> That's my
1: favourite scene. I, oh. Makes me want to shoot <laughs> <first>. <laughs>
0: oh, Don't
2: bring up that debate. <laughs> we <don't have> time <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> Although I'm sure I know how all three of us would be uh, positioning for that debate. Hang, on,
0: what debate is this? I missed that.
2: What? Uh, whether Han should have shot first. Han <laughs> did shoot first. There's no yeah, two there ways
0: about, about it. Cool. Yeah. What? So we're down to two bacon burgers now.
2: If you, That's what you believe. <laughs> you, you I got shot first. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did see an interesting thing the other day. Saying, Let's not do this. No. no. no, 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 <laughs> no what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> It'll take two seconds. All right, do it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. No, do it. Do it, do it. <laughs> no, so it was like, oh, boop, boop, you know. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, I thought you'd stopped it fine. <laughs> Doot, no so it was DNA like DNA da da Han, da, 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 Han was meant to da, da, da. be like this good guy that like you know instead <ilik hamburger> wasn't. of being a so dark exactly smuggler yeah and I thought it was just a weird a weird way to put it you know like that the way that George Lucas made him shoot second made it seem like he's less of a it was, a cop, out. It it was. was a cop out it
0: was a cop out it was a cop out on Lucas's behalf yeah, he wanted to like settle arguments like, Layer, like no 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 fuck that like stick to your convictions Han shot first and that's fine
2: that's who he was. Han's meant to be a dark character and I hope, th- I hope that's what we see in the new new Solo
1: movie. Oh my
0: God. Can I ask you guys quickly though, what did you all think of The Last Jedi?
2: Worst Star Wars ever. JD?
1: No, no firm opinion either way. I was ne- never a fanatic.
2: I fucking loved it.
0: I fucking loved it. I, I could, so I could,
2: we, you and I could do a whole podcast on, on this uh, we could. because, like, I have some very strong opinions about how I, I literally think it was the worst Star Wars movie. And I, really, Cause and I've, I've seen the Phantom I Menace. Understand. And that was shit. Truly,
1: the worst movie. Did you come out with like a sign strapped on? I on did. You're in a laptop. I on did. On I did. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm aware. Actually, <laughs> the Phantom worst Menace movie ever. I, I
2: actually think the Phantom Menace is better than. At yeah. Do of you know why movies. that is? it's
1: because
0: you're young because you grew up like in it like that's that would be an early film in your development Low where Jar Jar Binks was not an abomination no no for no. guys for fucking solid characters like me and JD we would have seen that shit and gone that's a f- that, just no you, it got, it you guys made saw my saw the Ewoks like, boil, oh yeah they're bro. a good idea fucking Ewoks were great I was yeah, like exactly. how old was I when the Ewoks came like 80 what was it 87 7 years old if you think that the Ewoks are any better than Jar Jar then no, no I'm you, sorry I'm sorry the Ewoks wrong. are better than Jar Jar Because the Ewoks aren't slapstick comedy, okay? Yes, they are. No, they're not.
1: Are you kidding? One of them got blown up. One of them got fucking blown up. About preparing your parts... What? Yeah, what? no, 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 Susan, no it's about, bullshit.
0: The, the fucking the Ewok uh, got blown up by an ATST, and the other one went over to it, it. Was like, oh, I was in tears.
2: What about the Ewok who hit himself with the the thing what with that the, went, bolo? the the thing around? That was that was a around. horrible mistake. We'll, we'll you know, that he broke his face.
1: Caravan of Courage next, and then it'll be all. You want to come the fuck right down life.
0: because the Caravan of Courage and the Battle of Endor. They were dark chapters. Dark, dark chapters. They were right up there with the Christmas special. And we don't talk
3: about the Christmas special.
0: On that note,
1: good night. (laughs) Good night, guys. Thanks for listening.
3: Bye.